All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Friday night. You know what that means, right? Alien interview these days, right? No more Law of One. All right. I wasn't on last week. It was my birthday last Friday, so I took it off. Welcome, everybody. There I am on the screen. Namaste. Right? Julie, welcome. Melissa, welcome. I see you guys out there, right? So I was just answering. For those of you who are seeing the uh, the chat in YouTube, I'm answering Melissa, who's chatting from Facebook. If you guys are just watching on YouTube, you don't see the, the uh, chat for both. Uh, on your screen, but I do on mine. Right? It's the only thing I don't see is the MP3 file because there is, in fact, no chat when I'm live for those people. They have to listen to me in Memorex. What is it live or is Memorex? Dennis, welcome. Okay, so um, I backed up the right at the beginning again of of chapter eight. Right, we talked about that, and then we went back and talked about it at the at the beginning of last uh, show because uh, of the blunder of the woman Errol saying that Moses was uh, living in the house of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of Tut's father, <laughs> New King Tut, which was wrong. So she got the wrong information from the books because the information we had back then must have been wrong. Either way, she interpreted it wrong and it came through wrong with the wrong information. So I backed it up to there only because the rest of the conversation starts from there and then continues on. So, you know, because it's the beginning of the chapter. So if I were to try and cut in and I was trying to find a place to cut in, to get us back to the, you know, it's only a two minute uh, span, the two two hour, two minute, 13 second mark uh, is in the middle of, of a conversation that they're having. So I went ahead and backed it up and it is actually, I was going to start it uh, right at chapter eight again, but that's back a couple more minutes. So it is kind of in the center of the conversation, but I, I wanted to start there so that we could continue uh, on because, you know, and mention the fact that she got her information wrong, right? So this person who's supposed to be trying to act like she knows everything that's going on, right? Um, that she's, she's actually, you know, like I said before, uh, uh, you know, uh, attributing her uh, what she's doing, her style of what she's doing to the movie, The Usual Suspects, and she's doing a verbal Kent. So she's taking all the information that she can gather about the human race, and she's trying to use that to verify and to justify, basically saying, you guys are a bunch of slaves and you're, you know, have no hope and we're, we own you and we just um, haven't devoted any resources to you because you're pathetic and useless for us to even do so. And you're not going anywhere. So maybe in about 5,000 years, we think it's scheduled that we're going to come down here. And that's what she's talking about right now. So they go from the Moses thing to the whole your slave thing to then talking about the reason why they wouldn't bother with earth, but yet they did. Right. <laughs> and she was coming down here and crashed her, her chip and got caught or, uh, maybe she crashed it on purpose to come down here and, you know, um, get information or, or give misinformation or disinformation. That's what we're trying to figure out, right? Was she sent on a mission to do this or was she sent on a reconnaissance mission and did in fact crash? Uh, and, you know, and then now is trying to make the best of it or playing and having fun because she's not being honest at all. Right. So I don't I don't think that this is not an alien that they're interviewing. I, and I and I said that before because I don't believe you know, people go, oh, that's probably just the CIA in the next room. The CIA is in the room <laughs> or they are in the next room, but they're the ones trying to find out the information from this alien. So I'm, I find it hard to believe that there's a group in the CIA that's that's captured what they think is an alien. In fact, it's just a bio robot by another CIA group who's trying to fool them. And then they tried to cover the whole thing up as it didn't happen. So I'm not buying that there's some sort of double end around being done by a few people in the CIA, the double end around the other people in the CIA who are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. 
right? So the skeptics always say that. They're, every skeptic I've ever talked to, they automatically go, that's probably just the CIA. And if they don't say that, they're like, well, she's just making that up in her head. They tried the same thing with Carla when I was talking about the law of one. And then I would show them the things that CIA didn't know then. And we know that they didn't know it then. So they couldn't have made that shit up. Same things going here. She's, you know, she's giving information. In, in, in truth, she's giving information that's wrong that we know now is wrong. Right. But they didn't know that back then. Oh, it could have been just the CIA. No, the CIA were the guys in the other room that they call the peanut gallery or the gallery that they're trying to avoid questions from. That she won't answer questions from. So again, it's not the CIA playing the trick on other CIA agents. They're wasting American uh, money just for fun, right? But let's let's pretend. Let's get this bio robot up and see if we can fool our own people into thinking it's an alien. And we'll have them interview it. And the whole time we'll have her not want to talk to them or cross-examine. But we're going to feed them full of a bunch of bullshit. And then we're going to say the whole thing didn't happen. Yeah, that would be fun, man. Let's ask the president if he's in on that. We'll get some pizza, watch the whole thing. It'll be great. It's only going to cost us about a billion dollars in, in 1947 uh, dollars. We can do that, right? We're America. We got trillions and trillions and billions. No, wait, back then they had millions, right? So it's not a hoax, <laughs> okay? You have to grow up here and take a leap of faith as an adult that it's not a hoax, right? Because they tried to, they squashed this for like 60, what, 80 years now. Right. <laughs> right. So so they 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 quashed it for 80 years. And if they had some sort of bio robot 80 years ago, right, we would have far better technology than we have right now because they would already have that technology 80 years ago. OK, so then the theory of a breakaway society that you guys don't want to believe would have to be true because then they would already have to have spaceships and they would already have to have a bio robot in 1947 right so so for this to, to even take place right so if they had that back then well i mean they may have captured some and they were trying to reverse engineer them but we weren't building them yet do you see what i'm saying we also weren't you know we weren't doing that exactly yet i think on a much cruder scale we probably were tinkering and doing that from what i've heard from insiders right so let's go ahead and play some more of this is alien interview part nine can you believe we're on nine weeks of this already, right? That's crazy. We actually should be on 10 weeks because I missed a, a week in there, right? <laughs> yeah, so let's let's continue here. Let's put this up. And his wife, Nefertiti, as well as his... See, this is that part right here that we went back to where, she, where she's telling the story of, of uh, the pharaoh of Moses living with Akhenaten and his wife Nefertiri, as well as their son Tutankhamun. That's what she's actually saying right now. So that's the part that was wrong because it wasn't Nefertiri, it was Nefertiti, or actually this is Nefertiti, yeah, this is Nefertiti, and it wasn't Nefertiti, it was Nefertiri, and Nefertiri was Ramses II's wife. That's who Moses was the brother of, adopted brother of, okay? And, and, uh, and then, the, you know, the father, um, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he was, um, I can't think of his name, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Emotep Third. okay? It wasn't. So this, this was a wrong information. And there is a bunch of footnotes you can see on the screen, and I don't have access to the footnotes. So it might be that the footnotes were the person now saying this is wrong information. I don't know. Right. So I'm assuming the person who put this all together and wrote it because there's so many footnotes right there. 102, 104, 106, 105, 106, 107 or 103, 4, 5, 6 and 7. After each thing, Moses, 
who grew up in the household of the pharaoh. And then there's a footnote right after that. His son, Akhenaten, footnote, and his wife, Nefertiti, Nefertiti a footnote, and the son, Akhenaten, or his son, Tutankhamun, footnote. I'm assuming those are there because the person who put this together understood that that, that that was wrong information. So she was giving wrong information at the time. And I think that's because our history books at the time had wrong information because it wasn't until a year later when uh, when they really started working on Tut's tomb and the information about Tut, right? So eventually by the 60s, we had corrected that and it wasn't Moses didn't hang out with Tutankhamun, okay? So I don't know what the footnotes say. I'm giving the author of this the because uh, I, I I figured it out instantly and even live. I read it and went, that's not right. The 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 wife is the wrong name. No, that's the right name for that, but that's not who it was. Uh, and being a Christian minister, I kind of have a little bit more background in the Bible, so I caught that pretty quickly. Right? Okay. So let's go ahead and, and continue here because, like I said, this stuff we've already covered, and I don't want to cover too much of it. Ten minutes is enough to give you the background story in case you haven't uh, listened to any of the other podcasts so far. Tutankhamun. The attempt to teach certain beings on earth the truth that they are themselves isbes was part of a plan to overthrow the fictional, metaphorical, anthropomorphic panoply of gods created by the old empire mystery cult called the Brothers of the Serpent, known in Egypt as the Priests of Amun. They were a very ancient secret society within the old empire. The pharaoh Akhenaten was not a very intelligent being and was helped. Okay, I want to want to point out that the that the um, the um, serpent the the serpent cult they're talking about of Amun is Amun Ra. That's actually Ra from the Law of One, who came down here and was teaching, uh, built the pyramid and was teaching um, spirituality. Okay, and so the Pharaoh Akhenaten. Uh, changed to the one uh, mono, you know, uh, monotheistic god, the single god ideology, which was taught to him by Ra when they were here. But the people eventually didn't like that, and it scared them because they had many gods, and so they ended up overthrowing them. So, of course, she's saying right here that the Pharaoh Akhenaten was not a very intelligent being at all. He was heavily influenced by his personal ambition for self-glorification. That's a lie. Okay, and, and the reason I say that, it might have been some of that. But he went against the entire history of his own people and changed the religion to the religion that he was being told by the, the god, Ra, when Ra came down here. And that was Ra from the Law of One, saying there is only one God, one true creator of the universe. Uh, right? And, and that, that word, one true creator, is, so, is way higher than a god. And what we understand as a god is just a, an immortal being who can't be destroyed. You, me, and everybody is God. Our physical body can be destroyed, but with that, they, they can't continue, They can't kill our our, uh, uh, our hard, tangible soul. So therefore, we are gods. And that's what she refers to uh, and when she's saying that. And she says, there is no God. So she's an atheist. There's nothing above us. We are it. Oh, but you guys have been enslaved because you guys are thinkers and, and um, troublemakers and poets and all the stuff that doesn't work in a totalitarian society. We would understand that society as a fascist society like Nazism or communism uh, or socialistic uh, society where uh, creativity and thinking doesn't exist. And you can't. So they take away your religion. They take away all your rights. They take away your freedom. And, and creation is freedom. And thinking is freedom. And uh, inspiration is freedom, like now. Yes, <laughs> Melissa says, like now. Yes, and like they're trying to do worldwide now. 
And here in the United States, when you disagree with the party rule, they, they delete you off the internet now, right? They make you pay for it, no matter what you do, right? Just if I say this too much and the algorithm gets it, I'll get this deleted because they'll call me a cultist and a spirit and a, a conspiracy theorist. I've been called that since I've been on the air, okay? And the stuff that they've taken down, I've put back up under a different name. And if you go back into my archives, everything that I said has come true and is coming true. And everything that I, that I suspected is being investigated now. And everything that I investigated and said, not just me, it's not just me. There is millions of people worldwide who are telling you the same things that I have been telling you for the past 18 months. Right. And before that, I was talking about this stuff. I've been on the air for five years and I've been talking about this stuff ever since. And I can tell you every single person that I know that has a podcast that's not talking about normal mundane things are talking about the same things I'm talking about. And they're also getting uh, shadow banned by these people. Right. So th it's the same thing that's happening here, literally on this planet now in different places. And that's what is going on in the universe. You have evil people that are in charge and they want total power and control over all the people. And the first thing you have to do is get rid of the minds that think, the academics and anybody who's creative, get rid of them all, put them all in jail. Anybody who's going to be any trouble to them politically, get rid of them, right? So, except for here, except for here, people are actually fighting back, okay? In the United States, people are starting to protest worldwide, but in the United States, people are now standing up by the thousands and suing. And it's happening every day, and all of these mandates are going to go away really soon, as soon as they hit the Supreme Court. And they're going to say, well, we got to pack the court before that happens, because these people that are up there are going to shoot us down. Well, they are, not because they're Republicans, but because they actually are free thinkers. And most of the people that are on our Supreme Court right now are people who believe in the Constitution. They're constitutionalists. There's at least three that I'm aware of that are absolute constitutionists, two dead for certain constitutionalists. And that means that they interpret all laws compared to the Constitution of the United States and the mandate written by that. So we're like, Dennis, yeah, thank God. Right? <laughs> so so the, so the people that are there now, uh, that's why they want to pack the court, but they have to get rid of the filibuster to do that. Right. So right now they're trying to, you know, they got this, this craziness, this debacle that everything they're doing now is starting to drive everyone away from the left. Right. And that's what's happening now because they're just idiots. They're morons and it's coming through. I know I wasn't going to talk about politics today, so I'm not going to go too far with it. But, it, you know, you have to be you have to lie to yourself to say these people are actually doing a good job at anything. You have to. Right. And I'm not a Republican. Know this. You guys always want to paint me Democrats immediately when I open my mouth, say I'm a Republican. And then the Republicans listen to me for about 10 minutes and they think I'm a rhino. That means a Republican in name only. And they think I'm a Democrat. Fuck you both. I am neither. You guys are both freaking morons. Most of you that are our Democrats or, or our Republicans are forever swamp uh, uh, soldiers, and you don't care about anything. You're just using the name so that people think they have a choice, and you guys are uh, literally trying to take control of the whole entire world. Every president that has been the president of the United States since I have been born has been working for that agenda, whether they've been a two-term Republican or a two-term Democrat, they've all been working for the same exact agenda. And anybody who has half of a brain can see that. And if you don't, then I apologize to you because you're not awake enough to actually understand what's happening, which means that your mind, your, your, your uh, emotional uh, level and maturity level is somewhere between 13 and 16 years of age. And that's true. You can look that up. Google the, and ask the question. Even Google will still give you this answer. What is the IQ test based on? The IQ test is based on the fact that no human being is mature 
older than their maturity level only goes to the age of 18 and they never mature past that. Most are below that. Hence the 100 to the 130 uh, IQ. 100 is about average. That's the IQ of a monkey. Okay. A gorilla has that same IQ. That's no joke. Okay. So that's where they try to keep all of us is at that acting like children. That's why they want you hooked on drugs. They pretend that they don't. Well, when you get hooked on drugs, you, you get retarded in your development. And so when you get hooked on them, when you're young, you stay there mentally. And even when you get older, if you still do drugs, you never grow up. You're always concerned with ego and you never get out of the egoic mind. And even if you're, you're older and you start doing drugs, depending on the drug that you do, it can recess you. You have to understand what's happening to move past that. And I'm not saying that because I smoke pot all the time, every day. Right, I do, and I drink alcohol. So some could say to me, "Well, you're just retarded, and you just don't know, and you're, you know, you're, uh, you're one of those." Yeah, okay. So I'm also a no because I have to have an ego to do that. And is the ego still there? Yes, but is it is it running me? No, it doesn't. My ego, I don't need the ego as much as I did five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Right, the ego is is less and less in me and has less and less control over what I think. Am I still triggered sometimes? Yeah, man, come on. Think about that. You have to really be paying attention to not be triggered, <laughs> okay? Especially now, that's what they're trying to do. Trigger, 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 trigger. Make you live in fear. The more fear you have inside of you, the easier that you are controlled, okay? And that's no joke. And there's a, hold on, I'm going to pull this up my phone because I want to make sure that I say it right. There is actually a formula that they use, right? This is just one of many. There's many formulas, but this is the most uh, the most telling one um, and it was, it actually was, um, the theory of this was invented like in the 1700s. Okay. And it's called the, the, uh, Hegelian dialectic. Hegelian was a person, right? His name was, was Hegel and, uh, or Hegel, And he, he came up with this concept. So they call it the, the Hegelian dialectic. Okay. And what that is in short is you create a problem without letting the mass people know that you created it. Does that sound familiar? Right? Plandemic. Right? So you work on and create, right, fear manipulation. That's exactly, you're exactly right. Dennis understands it. So what you're doing is you create the, the problem, COVID-19, that's coming out that they created it. They create the problem, AIDS. They create the problem, bubonic plague, mad cow disease. You create the problem, you introduce it to the society, and you freak everybody out about that problem. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Hideous. Scary. Scary. Doesn't it look mean? We're all going to die. Hurry, hurry, hurry. What are we going to do? But wait. When everybody gets scared out of their minds, you go, but wait. We have a solution for you. We have the shot. But in order to get the shot, you have to give up everything. Anybody watch the movie Warcraft or play the movie World of Warcraft? In that, they did the same thing with, with, the, with the orcs. They had this, what they call fell in the game, and it's this green glowing, uh, bright green glowing liquid. And when you drink it, it changes your basic color of your skin to the same color to that green liquid. And then the, the fell, which is an evil magic, is now inside of you and controls you. And when you drink it, it makes you super powerful, super strong, but you give up your soul for it. So you have to give up everything for it. So it's the same thing. 
9-11 happened, it doesn't matter if your conspiracy theory has the federal government of the United States or the cabal or whatever doing it, or if it was just a random uh, act, they utilized it for the same purpose. Freaked everybody out and then said, listen, we have the cure for it, but we have to take away some of your, suspend some of your temporarily, mind you, suspend some of your freedoms so that we can get to the bottom of this and go and take out this caliphate. 20 years later, all of those lockdown freedoms are still gone and we never got them back, even though we eradicated that exact, uh, the Taliban, we eradicated all of the, the people, then we eradicated ISIS and all of that, and then Joe Biden gave it all back and they, they became stronger and then we paid them, uh, left them with $80 billion worth of equipment, guns and ammo and and a whole bunch of other money, and now we're trying to pay them off not to attack uh, any uh, Americans. So they're going to get billions of dollars more to to get their ranks back up to the numbers that they were 20 years ago. So they gave us this, the, the the problem, created the solution, and we had to give up some of our, our, our freedoms. Same thing's happening with the shot. They're forcing people, you need to get the shot or you're losing your job now. When does this end? Do you see? Well, it's, it's private corporations and they can do whatever they want. They tried that in Arizona with Walmart and Target with guns because Arizona, you can carry a gun anywhere. And they were all, and there are some people that move there that are, that are, you know, liberal uh, Democrats that are, you know, really far left leaning and they want to get your guns. So they were like, okay, well, we need to get rid of guns in the state of Arizona. Arizona said, screw it, get out of here. So then they said, okay, well, private organizations can mandate that. So Target and Walmart said, yeah, we don't want to have anybody coming into our stores with guns. So there's no guns allowed in Walmart or Target in the state of Arizona. The state of Arizona said, take your stores and move the fuck out. Close them, get out. And they, they do that. They, they tell people that. People are like, are you serious? They told the FAA, take all of your airports, all of your planes, all of those companies, and get out of the state of Arizona. They told them that. Because of two things. One, that license the, the, that everybody has to get. The, the, you can't travel unless you get this particular license, which cost $55,000. Right? So the state of Arizona said, fuck off. We're not going to do it. And then the, they rezoned. I've told this before. They rezoned their flight patterns in the state of Arizona without asking the state of Arizona or the citizens of the state of Arizona. So the state government and the citizens of Arizona said, take your shit and get out of our, out of our state. We're not going to have you fly in here anymore. And they're like, do you know what that's going to do to your commerce? Absolutely nothing. Everybody can come in by bus or by private plane, but not commercial. Get out. And then all of a sudden change their attitude. They did the same thing with the gun control. So if you allow companies to mandate whatever they want, then, then where does it stop? They can literally say everything. They're already saying no guns in our stores. Now they're saying you have to have a jab. Then they're going to say you have to have the jab to get it to come in my store. Right, the people that are saying that we should boycott. I'm telling you right now, don't shop anywhere, and don't do it afterwards. Stop. You don't need to have to go to the like like FedEx. Stop using them. Stop using FedEx. Anybody who says my employees have to have the shot or they can't work here, don't go there anymore. Go to a different hospital. Find a hospital that doesn't mandate that. They're going to be out there real soon. Okay, because people are already leaving. I went to an appointment. A couple of appointments now, just in the last couple of months, in the last month. And I walked in these hospitals and it was a ghost town. There was hardly any employees in there. There's usually like a nurse around every corner and one stationed at every five feet. Nothing. 
I went to this place and they told me to go to this other place to check in. I went there and the door was closed and locked. There was nobody there. There was another girl in the same lobby, but she was for a completely different uh, uh, purpose. And I said, when are they coming back? Are they coming back? Well, they must be on lunch. No, there's nobody there. The, the, there's a one person who's doing the job in there, but she doesn't know you're here. So you have to go and check in. I'm like, that's what I was here to do is check in. No, you got to go back to where you were. No, I went there and she told me I had to come here. So can you check me in? And she's like, well, yeah. Well, then please check me in. So she checked me in. So I sat down. The person came out to come and get me so I could go in. And I was just going to get pictures of my eyes uh, done because I'm, I have type 2 diabetes. And I needed to get all my tests because I hadn't done them for a while. My, my A1C blood test and all that. And I did the blood test. And I did the eye test. And my A1C came back at 7.0, which is good for someone who has. That's where we want to be. And, you know, 5.5 is perfect. And I don't have type 2 diabetes anymore. But if I can get a 7 or below, I'm doing good. So that was perfect. No diabetic retinopathy. So I'm doing good there. Right. But, there, but it was a ghost town and they wouldn't say it because they, they're instructed not to. Right. And then I talked to my brother and he's going to other hospitals and he says, yeah, it's the same thing. And the hospitals that he went to, actually, people told him, no, they're all quitting and they're, or they're protesting and they're going to start suing. OK, so now you, you have companies that are mandating this because the government can't do it. They try, they're trying to do it against the Constitution. It's also against the Constitution of the United States for companies even if they're private companies, to do this. No one on the planet has the right to force an American to take medicine they do not want to take. That is in the Constitution of the United States of America. Period, Jack. Remember that, okay? And fight. Resist them. Because that is your God-given right. Now, outside the United States, I don't know what is in their constitutions. So somebody in other countries might have in their constitution uh, no con no concept of that when they wrote it, shame on them, and that their government's forcing them to do things and they can't do anything about it. For those people that are listening around the world and you're hearing me, check your governmental laws, and if they're not there, you need to put them in place because that means your government can do anything they want to and you can't do anything about it, okay? So, yeah, some people in different countries are just, you guys over there, you're listening to me, you're hiding in a fucking corner somewhere listening to me because I'm the voice of freedom. I'm becoming the voice of freedom, me and other people like me around the world. Then we're going to continue doing that. Okay, so in the meantime, let's get back to this alien interview now that I've wasted another 10 minutes <laughs> talking my, that's my soapbox for today. I haven't done any Orion Rising news lately. I'm going to be doing that. I also have a couple of other shows coming up, just so you know. Um, I have uh, next Monday, today's Friday, today is the, uh, I'm here in America, in California, so it's Friday the 17th of September, so my Monday evening at 5 p.m., I'm going to be uh, interviewing uh, Stephen and Evan Strong and a few other people that are going to be on their uh, new webinar coming up this month, and they have another one next month, and uh, and then another one uh, they're planning now for November I don't know if I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to be speaking at one of their events. I don't know if it's going to be October or November. I think it's November. I'm going to be added to the lineup, so I'm going to be on their uh, webinar speaking instead of interviewing people. But I'm going to be interviewing them to promo the that up and coming webinar. And I also have another woman whose name escapes me right now. I just got her scheduled for the following week. Uh, on, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. I'll have to look at what I said to her. I don't have it up on the board right now, and I apologize for that. Uh, and she's uh, she's a psychic and, and uh, 
all kinds of stuff. I haven't gotten to read her whole bio, but look, it was really interesting. She came to me and said, I, you know, could I please come on your show? I'd love to, to have you interview me. And I said, yeah, I looked at her stuff and said, yeah, let's get you in here. So I, and she's over in England. So I just got her scheduled literally yesterday. So I have, so I will be doing, uh, Orion rising news in the interim, but I will be doing one extra show for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then I'm going to try and do a consistent news, uh, because of all the craziness that's going on, uh, you know, but I may just turn that into talking about spiritualism because now that we don't have that happening on Friday, I don't have that venue for you guys, for me to, to talk and interact, and interact with you guys. So I will be doing one day a week. I might do Wednesdays like I did before. Uh, and I, and I'll be coming on to do that and talk about spirituality, talking about, um, different things uh, uh, I'm going to be talking about. And I'll be probably that after I do this, when I finish with this, I'll be probably doing movies and showing you how esoteric the movies are. I was talking to another person just the other day. I ran into in the store, this woman who we had a great conversation. We stood there for like 45 minutes uh, in the store talking about this stuff. And, and she was, uh, was realizing that how the movies have been corrupted, but they're also esoteric uh, in, in both directions where you can actually see that the writer, producer, director, somebody is trying to tell you what's happening and everything, everything is, is right in front of your eyes and, and people who are starting to wake up, start to see that because eventually what happens as you wake up is that you, you see all of that stuff and it becomes so simple to you because the answer to getting out of this panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room is literally staring you in the face. Everything you look at, Everything you listen to, every movie, every television station, every song you hear, every book you read, right? That's, it's all in there. It's right there in front of your face and you, you don't see it, right? And welcome. There's, there's the, there's uh, Miguel Pina, Pina Perspective coming in. Miguel, so coming from Brazil. Welcome. I'm, I'm assuming you're still in Brazil because that's where you live. Um, so and I wanted to talk to you because I want to have you on, <laughs> Miguel. When we're doing the spiritual stuff, I want to have you on a couple of times as a reoccurring, like you do with with um, um, what's our buddy's name? I'm forgetting his name, and he's going to kill me for that. I, I it's Josh, right? <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry, bro. I can't believe I just blanked you. Uh, but I want to come on there too. But I want to have you on because I want to be talking about the spiritualism. And uh, I just said that before you came in and said hi. I don't know if you heard me and doing the esoteric. Uh, um, uh, in the movies and showing people how the movies are actually trying to help you. Everyone is trying to help you. It's in everything. And it's so simple. We just said, Jacob Waters. Thank you. I said, Josh, Jacob, Jesus Christ. I apologize. I don't know why I do that to some people's names. Sometimes I feel so embarrassed because I usually am pretty proud that I remember people's names. And then every now and then there's just one person that I have a hard time remembering their name. It's bizarre. And, and for some reason, Jacob seems to be that person. And he's a really good guy. He's a great man. And he's smart. Thanks really well. You know what I mean? Ask good questions. Okay, so let's continue with the alien stuff here so we don't we don't keep doing that. Oh, I said okay. My phone decided to turn on. You got to watch those too, right? You say the wrong word and your, own, your phone is trying to do shit. That's kind of funny, but also not cool. <laughs> See, Jake, I'm, I'll put this up on the screen for those of you listening on the MP3 file. Uh, Miguel just said, Jake uh, called, me on, called me in on Wednesday when they started talking about spirituality. spirituality. So, right? See? Yeah, so 
Uh, so if he does it on Wednesday, I'll have to look at what time he's on because he goes long. He does he does like marathons. So if he's going to be doing like a Wednesday, I don't want to like go over him. So I'll do a Tuesday or a Thursday or something. Right. Yeah. Welcome to the Matrix. OK, so let's go and talk about that, as a matter of fact, because she stopped. Errol's talking about that because now she's just getting done screwing up the whole Pharaoh thing with saying that Moses uh, actually lived with uh, with uh, Imhotep the third and his and their their son Akhenaten and wife Nefertiti and, and Tutankhamun, which we know is wrong, right? It was because the Nefertiti, Nefertiti is the wife of Akhenaten, but Nefertiti, who Moses knew, in fact, she wanted to marry Moses. Moses is his adopted brother was Ramses the second, not not Akhenaten. Okay, so let's continue this. So this is this is her Errol getting information from a, a history book and getting it wrong. Okay. And, and, and she's, you know, she's, like I said, she's pulling a mulligan here. She's pulling a, a, a verbal Kent, a verbal Kent from the movie, uh, the usual suspects. She's making up everything as she goes with the information that she's getting from the books that, and magazines that she's having them give her. Right. Oh, so I keep saying Dennis and you're Denise, right? Is that, I, I keep saying that I'm saying that wrong. Aren't I? I apologize. Right. Thank you for that. <laughs> Are you, I, see, I said that before and then I made this the same thing. I, I drew a blank because I said that before and I was like, what is that Dennis or Denise? Uh, so I apologize, Denise, for saying Dennis for the last three weeks, four weeks now. Right. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I did ask you before and you told me, but that was like six weeks ago. Right. Eight weeks ago, 10 weeks ago. And I forgot. See, my bad. Right. I apologize. And you're still coming around. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for not going. You're an idiot. You can't even remember that I'm a girl, dumbass. All right, here we go. Heavily influenced by his personal ambition for self-glorification, he altered the concept of the individual spiritual being and embedded the concept in the sun god, Atim. His pitiful existence was soon ended. He was assassinated by Maya and Paranefer, two of the priests of Amun, or Amen, which the Christians still say who represented the interests of the old empire forces. The idea of one god was perpetuated by the hero leader Moses while he was in Egypt. He left Egypt with his adopted people, the Jewish slaves. While they were crossing the desert, Moses was intercepted by an operative of the old empire near Mount Sinai. Moses now, I'm going to pause this here again so we can talk about this again. Now, we have determined that at the time in 1947, they still believed that the Jews were slaves. We don't believe that anymore in history. We believe that they were under contract. They were, in fact, not slaves. Secondly, I want to point out, and I pointed this out last time, that here is a second person, someone in 1947. Now, now remember, this information was not publicized in the public until just a couple years ago. But in 1981, when the LR Research Group was doing the Law of One, Raw said the same thing that the that the uh, that Moses, when he went to the ten, the ten Commandments, or first when he talked to the burning bush, and then when he got the Ten Commandments, those were both the Orion Crusaders, which would be the people of the old empire, the evil people, tricking him to to talk about this but it wasn't the part of the monotheistic god but she's adding that to it it was just the 10 commandments she's adding the first part in as the same people that but both that there that wasn't god at the burning bush telling him everything and then it will then later on it wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't there she's saying that it wasn't god who gave moses the 10 commandments now i beg to differ with that because I don't believe that that was because if you look at the whole entire conversation and everything that was going on there, that was 
that was somebody who, well, it, there again, when all that was happening, there was, a, you know, we, we believe now that when they were walking through the desert, there was a spaceship hovering above them, right? So it could have been. Um, but we do know that, they, that we don't know for certain, you know, how, because it was a month or so after they left when the God approached with the Ten Commandments. And then the city showed up that hovered above them for the 40 years that they were wandering in the desert, dropping manna down for them to eat, which is weird because they say also parallel to that, that the machine that was inside the, the uh, you know, in the Ark of the Covenant was a machine that created the manna that they ate. Yet the stories in the Bible doesn't say that. It says the manna dropped from the spaceship onto the people and it was an unleavened bread. But the machine makes a seaweed. So there's a discrepancy in the Bible in and of itself because uh, one part of the Bible says that it was the machine that they built and get, they even have all the, the uh, specs on it. And so they kind of bit up put up a, a mock one. They show that in, in the History Channel uh, where they put it together, but it didn't actually work because it was radioactive. Uh, and then you hear the story in the Bible where it says that the, that the God dropped the food down from the floating city. So now you have two two conflicting storylines in the same uh, Bible, the same Talmud, right? So that's a bizarre thing that we need to go into at another time. All right, let's continue here. Jesus was tricked into believing that this operative was the one God through the use of hypnotic commands, as well as technical and aesthetic tricks, which are commonly used by the old empire to trap Isbees. Thereafter, the Jewish slaves who trusted the world of Moses implicitly have worshipped a single god they call Yahweh. The name Yahweh means anonymous, as the Isbe who worked with Moses could not use an actual name or anything that would identify himself or now, correct me if I'm wrong, Miguel, but I thought that Yahweh didn't mean anonymous. It meant I am. I could be wrong in that, right? Miguel's another, he's a scholar of, of the Bible like, like myself, and he's soon to be ordained a minister. Um, so he so he knows, like, and, and I'm thinking that I don't know that it means anonymous, but if it does, let me know, right? So, yeah, and Miguel said, be careful of, of false prophets and those who follow the father of lies. Yeah, and that would be obviously the devil or someone who's speaking with the devil's forked tongue, right? And false prophets, and there's many of them even now. Some you know, some people would call me a false prophet. I mean, you could if you really wanted to look at it. I'm not because I'm not prophesizing, you know. Yeah, which is why I said be careful of the false prophets, right? Yeah, because that's what we're talking about is the, these people talking about things. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that Yahweh, that Yahweh meant anonymous, but it, it, but it, I guess they, they could be a translation like the flavor translation instead of the direct word translation that now it would mean anonymous, just like um, companion now means like a buddy or a friend, but when Jesus was around, it meant spouse. So I could see that that would be I am or no name, right? Yeah, see? It says, it says on Google, Yahweh means I am. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Denise. <laughs> First time I said that right, right? So, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought the translation was that, not anonymous. But, but in a sense, it's the same flavor. If you think about the word anonymous, it means, it means someone who does not have a name or he who cannot be named, and it's basically the same, right? So I think that's a loss in translation from, uh, from back then to now in the, in the meaning we have a duality and anonymous and I am where uh you know where where now they're separate and they may have not been then right so a lot of our problem that we have doing interpretation of uh the bible or is the time you have to remember that some of the talmuds were written three and four thousand years ago uh and then they've been translated you know from the, the original probably sanskrit into you know like coptic into greek into latin 
and then into modern day uh, uh, English, and you're going to lose stuff in the translation, even though they say that they don't, right? Oh, on uh, the, he's on Facebook. Yeah, I have I have some people on Facebook, uh, uh, Miguel, and you can't you can't see their texts in the in the chat, right? <laughs> yeah. So you, so we have we have people talking on Facebook, like Melissa and and Denise is talking on Facebook, and I don't know that they can see your your uh, stuff on um, on YouTube as well. So I have both chats that come up in my uh, chat room that I can see, just like when you're live, you know you know that because you can see it when we do stuff on Streamyard. Um, so that's where those people are on. And Marcus showed up. Welcome, my friend. Right? Hey, yeah, I, yeah. Thank you, and, uh, Marcus. You're you're actually here while I'm live. You've been doing that a couple of times. So welcome, brother. Welcome. Right. So let's continue with this. And so so basically, Yahweh means the almost the same, but for us now it means I I am. So you don't have a a name, which is not in and of itself a bad thing or a good thing because both sides would use that. Right. That's the whole I mean, her whole concept of the is be is basically that right it's a, it's your spirit you don't have a name you are right and that that's what that's where our biggest problem is is that we try to identify ourselves with this pain body and with this reality and that's a, for another conversation and hopefully miguel and i will be having that soon <laughs> right? for you guys to listen to all right here we go or blow the cover of the amnesia prison operation. The last thing the covert amnesia hypnosis prison system wants to do is reveal themselves openly to the ISBEs on Earth. They feel that this would restore the inmates' memories. This is the reason that all traces of physical encounters between operatives of space civilizations and humans is very carefully hidden, disguised, covered up, denied, or misdirected. This old empire operative contacted Moses on a desert mountaintop and delivered the ten hypnotic commands to him. These commands are very forcefully worded and compel the ISB into utter subservience to the will of the operator. These hypnotic commands are still in effect and influence the thought patterns of millions of ISBs thousands of years later. Incidentally, we later discovered that the so-called Yahweh also wrote, programmed, and encoded the text of the Torah, which, when it is read literally or in its decoded form, will provide a great deal of more false information to those who read it. I want to stop and point out right here that even in the Law of One, that Ra is warning about Yahweh being a false prophet. So now here's two separate entities that did not cross-pollinate because this information that we're reading now was not public, right? And this is supposedly from 1947. So now you can say, well, maybe it was influenced and this guy took liberties and he was influenced because he read the law of one and now he's, he's putting these two together. That's not what this guy did. And you can, if you look and go back to the beginning, you see that this guy talks about not changing anything, just putting things together from everything that she was given, that woman gave to, to him. So are, you know, are, are we now going to claim that, well, she must have read the law of one and then made all this stuff up again, to what end would, would she be doing this? She died and gave this information over. So she's not benefiting in any way. She thought this was so valuable. She kept it at the time and hid it from the government and then went from her memory and wrote down everything that she could remember. Right. And then tried to put it all together and then hid it away until the day she decided to, to use euthanasia to end her life because she was dying. And, and, you know, and then she said, I'm, I need to get this information out there. 
So she gave this information, mailed it to this reporter who eventually published this. Right. So she's not like she's getting any fame or anything, acclaim or any money. Right. So Miguel pop, you popped into Facebook. Good. Now you can read the everybody's chat from Facebook. Right? <laughs> you just won't be able to see Marcus's chat now. I don't think anybody else is talking in Facebook. Um, so, so again, uh, here, you know, the, the, you know, you can say there's no cross pollination and they're talking about the same information and warning about the same thing. Right. So this is another reason why I when I heard this and I, and I read this, then I was like, I need to talk about this because there's a lot of similarities and a lot of uh, uh, timeline things that are similar to what the law of one talked about in the 80s. And that was 40 years you know, prior when this is talking about it. And they're still they're still uh, corroborating stories here. And that corroborates with a lot of other stuff that I've learned over the years, uh, separate from both of those entities, the law of one and this alien interview. Um, that is the reason why and the motivation for me to be doing what I'm doing here and, and showing you this and talking about it and showing you, look, this is something that someone else said at 40 years prior to what they said uh, 40 years ago, right? Ultimately, the Vedicums became the source of nearly all Eastern religions and were the philosophical source of the ideas common to Buddha, Lao Zhi, Zoroaster, and other philosophers. The civilizing influences of these philosophies eventually replaced the brutal idolatry of the old empire religions and were the true genius of kindness and compassion. You asked me earlier why the domain and other space civilizations do not land on earth or make their presence known. Land on earth? Do you think we are crazy or want to be crazy? It takes a very brave Isby to come down through the atmosphere and land on Earth because this is a prison planet with a very uncontrolled psychotic population. And no Isby is entirely proof against the risk of entrapment as with the members of the Domain Expeditionary Force who were captured in the Himalayas 8200 years ago. No one knows what ISBEs on Earth are going to do. We are not scheduled to invest the resources of the domain to take control of all the space surrounding the area at this time. This will occur in the not-too-distant future, about 5,000 Earth years, according to the time schedule of the domain. At this time, we do not prevent transports from other planetary systems or galaxies from continuing to drop ISBEs into the amnesia four-screen area. Eventually, this will change. Now, I do have to say that this was written in 1947, and it's only been out for a couple of years. Now, I don't know who else listened to this or read this, right? But this is still part of the narrative that was being that's being painted, and everybody in the industry now, and that's one of the reasons why I've pulled back away from uh, talking and working with them, is that they're all starting to buy into the story that, first of all, we're a slave labor race, we were created by aliens, and or uh, we're a slave labor race because of what she's saying here, the same thing, they're dumping people here, and everybody here has been stuck uh, you know, ever since they've been here, and don't go into the light because if you do, that's the trap that gets you convinced to come back here, right? Or And, the, and then every time somebody, when you die, they go, no, 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 you have to help, and they guilt you into, or telling you you're on a secret mission, right? And so that's also to where they're trying to say anybody who thinks they're a wanderer or somebody who thinks that they have come here to help, that's the lie they teach you to keep you here, right? So either way, and this is why I wanted to do this, because either way you look at that scenario, any one of those scenarios, or the other one that the Luciferians down here 
uh, have taken control of the matrix and imprisoned everybody on this planet basically for their own uh, good and their own control and their own power, right? No matter how you look at all of that, right? If any of those are true, if all of those are true, if all of that is telling us that that's what's happening, it, the, the important thing here is that we're seeing it. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So the fact that I'm talking about it, Errol warned about it, Raw warned about it, people are talking about it, tells us that we probably are in a situation, and I agree with this, the, because no matter how you look at it, this planet has been stuck and is stuck and nobody is graduating. So the reason for that has to be uncovered. What's the reason? Is the reason that there were a prison planet that was put here, a penal colony like Australia, in that case, then we're playing out the uh, in a macrocosm, the, the microcosm of the universe, we're playing out here on Earth because Australia, way out in the middle of nowhere, was a penal colony that eventually the people woke up and realized it and overthrew the population of their guards and became their own sovereign nation, which is what we're doing now. So either way you look at it, it's failing. The system is failing and we're still figuring out that we're stuck here and we might be stuck here because either we were created by aliens as a, as a slave labor race, which how would they create the aliens and then get immortal souls to occupy the bodies? Do those just happen whenever there's a body available? Does some soul come out of nowhere and just, hey, look, there's a body. I'll go and go here. Vroom. Right. Or did they capture these souls and need bodies for them? Why would they need to do that if they've captured the souls? Do you understand? That's the question that I keep asking. Why would they need to have a prison planet to put your, your soul into a body and stick you down here? Like I said last time, and if you did that, why would you only make the people live to be about 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years old? Why wouldn't you extend that so that they live indefinitely forever and they never die? Because then they're truly in prison, but they're not. So this is an episode of, of, uh, um, of uh, Dr. Evil. And they're putting us in an easily escapable room with two inept guards. And we're too stupid to even see it. But we're not because now we're starting to see it. Okay, so the truth is this is designed for us to figure out and get out of here. If that's the case, it's not a prison colony. It's not a penal colony because a penal colony, we on this planet can create prisons that no one gets out of. And you go there forever. Okay, so if we can do that. They can, can should be able to make a prison and a human body that lives indefinitely, put us in it, mind wipe us, and you're never going to figure shit out. And if you start to figure it out, what do they do? They don't have to recycle you by killing you. All they got to do is mind wipe you. So it's a redundant, stupid idea that was done on, not right. It was done by morons. Me, as a 3D human, I can figure this shit out. And me telling you guys this, half of you are already thinking it. So if we, who are supposed to be the imprisoned, are smart enough to see the flaws of the prison itself, that makes the prison not a prison. Because now we know what the weaknesses are and we should be able to get out of it. Do you understand? So that means that if they put it in front of us, they went, oh, here, they'll never figure that out. doesn't matter. Then, then we got to do a, okay, now they're going to, they don't live long. So now we got to build contraptions that catch their souls when they come out. Now, that, that's a waste of time, resources, and money, if you ask me. So somebody who created that, who was in charge, was a fucking moron. Okay? And on in our standards, that person had a third-grade education. So whoever the malevolent taking over old guard was, those people were so fucking smart, the best they could come up with is Earth, where humans, and humans used to only live to be about 30 years old, but there was a time when they lived to be hundreds of years old, but all that changed. Well, what happened? Why did it change? 
because what their machines started breaking down so they weren't creating bodies that lived longer anymore right so so but then they go well okay now we have to build these machines to catch people and because the bodies aren't lasting as long we'll change the fucking dna so the bodies last longer nope that doesn't happen why because they're not in control of that deductive reasoning occam's razor they're not in control of that otherwise if they are they're morons because they don't know how to extend the human life to keep us in prison longer so they had to build devices to catch our souls and place them in places around the earth and hope that no one gets through like a net and hope no one gets through well we'll put them out here because they're all going to take off and go in this direction or that direction or this direction and so we'll put them right out there and and then yeah somebody's skimming money julie right <laughs> somebody somebody's skimming money off the top and we'll just do it cheap right when well, no one's going to know by the time they figure it out i'll be dead anyway right or i'll be retired so i won't be held responsible for it what are they gonna do put me in the prison i'll be out in 30 years anyway because the body's gonna die i'll go in there and commit suicide and get out come on man so it's bullshit if you, you if you're an adult and you start thinking like an adult Right. Yeah, we used to live. And Miguel's right. We used to live in nearly a thousand years. Our our sins screwed up our energy that reduced our lifespan. Well, don't you think they should have known that? Right. Don't you think that they should have known that, Miguel? I mean, think about that. If you're building a body and you knew that they were going to do nothing but sin, because that's what they're saying is we're uh, you know unhinged psychopaths. That that was going to lower our our uh, life expectancy. So somebody on the outside who built this fucking place should have been smart enough to see that. And if they weren't, they're morons. Which means they put us again. We're we're in a we're in a Doctor Evil movie, and they and they put us into to an easily escapable uh, uh, escape room with with two inept guards. Right. So it's not designed to keep us here. A keep is designed to keep you there. This is not a keep. This place is leaking out all the time. So it's not, that's not, so we weren't created as a slave labor race. This is not a penal colony. Someone's tried to turn it into that. Is there possibly devices out there that catch your soul? I don't know, but that is possible. Anything's possible. So that is also possible. But if they created all that and used all that money, somebody has to be managing that. And someone has to be out there to talk to you to answer questions, even if it's all automated. And then they just zap your soul and get you back into another body. They did. They could have changed the DNA of the human race and made us live longer again. But they didn't. They went to a whole other way and said, we need to create a whole big, huge devices that float around out here and hope we catch everybody. Zap them back into the, a new body and shove them back in here and hope they never wake up. That's bullshit. That's a waste of time and resources. If I were there, even just what I know now, I wouldn't go, oh, yeah, let's buy off on that. That's a good idea, dude. How about we just change their DNA slightly and, and fix what, what, what we're on and make them live for 10,000 years again? Shut up, dude. What are you, an idiot? No, we're going to spend a billion dollars, a trillion gazillion dollars to build contraptions that may or may not catch people. And then we're going to pay some of you dumbasses to monitor them. Right. So it's yeah. So Miguel's going down the real path of what's going on. Right. So, yeah. And we're not falling angels. Right. <laughs> we're not made of sin. <laughs> the falling angels. Right. And oh, I said, all right, again, and my phone turned on. Gotta love that. There's your sin right there, Miguel. Right. So we were created to learn. I'm gonna put this up on the screen, Miguel, and I'm gonna read it to the people in the MP3 file. No, nope, not that part. That's the second part of it. <laughs> we're not created. We were created to learn and experience ourselves and experience this reality to see beyond the chaos of 
the all, right? And don't mess with the DNA. The doctors are trying to do that today. You're right. They are trying to do that and trying to, and they're killing people trying to do it. Peter, welcome, my Irish friend. I haven't talked to you for a minute. I need to talk to you as well after maybe tonight after the show, or we'll set a time. We had to get you back on here as well. And um, I want to I want to get you introduced to Miguel, who's here uh, in the audience at some point, and maybe Melissa as well, who just said hi to you. Um, I don't know if you guys are, I think you're friends, but I don't know if you guys correspond. And I know Miguel, I don't know if you know Peter, um, but you should, right? So you guys should, should friend request each other. Uh, and um, I'm going to try and get you guys in a chat together with me. But Peter, you and I need to talk. We haven't talked for a minute. Uh, okay, so I need to get you back on air, buddy. We need to get you back on the on on air talking and, and interviewing and, and that kind of stuff, right? So, so either way, this is this is not what people are trying to say it is, and it's not what she's trying to say that it is, right? And this is where I'm going to go down that road of, of spirituality again. Miguel is 100% right. This was a place that is designed for us to experience. And what has happened here is, and I love what Edgar Tolle said about that. When someone said, what is the, what is the purpose of the, of the th third dimension that we're in? And he said, well, for us, it's the same as it is for the one, because we are the one. It's this place is us becoming, right? It's us starting to understand that we are because this is where you are well the first time when you decide when you realize you are you become a three when you after you die in that cycle whatever you are at that time plant bird dog cat blade of grass whatever and you've become self-aware in your next lifetime you become whatever the 3d uh, uh reality has in that particular place here it's a human bipedal human other places, it could be a, um, you know, a reptilian. It could be a, you know, any of the other aliens that you know about that occupy, and things that we could never imagine that occupy a 3D reality. We know about a bunch of aliens that also occupy the 3D reality. So it's no different. Their reality is no different from ours, except the technological one and semantics as far as their home world and what color the sky is and the rules and regulations of that. That varies from solar system to solar system, right? But the laws of the universe there are all the same in all those places the laws of physics the laws of time all of that is all the same in those places that's why they have to show up here in ships because we have to show up to their place in ships it's what happens here in this dimension okay so so that you know so wherever you are you become once you then you're becoming aware and he said, all of that is my interpretation, because he said it a lot quicker than I did and a lot more eloquent. But then he said also that in, in this 3D reality is also the one true creator becoming self-aware in this reality. And when you look at the spectrum of everything that was set up, it's the same thing that's happening over and over again in the first dimension, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, however many there are. It's also the one collectively becoming conscious in those realities as well. It's happening simultaneously across the spectrum from first dimension to returning back to the one true creator. Everywhere in between, the creator has created all of that space and is, you know, like, yeah, I'm thinking that there's 12 actually, and you're saying 10. Some people say they're like the Asians say there's like 132 or something, but we, we don't really know. We know that 
there's at least 10, like you're saying, Miguel, there's at least 10. We don't know if there's more, right? Um, yeah, all time happens at the same time, except for here in the third uh, in the third di- density or the third dimension, we have past, present, and future that we have separated, and we think that it's separated. That's an illusion, right? Miguel's onto it. That's an illusion. He knows that that literally everything happens all at once. We are just moving so fast. Our vibration is so close to the speed of light that it has shifted for us, and that we have all the. And there's a reason for that, because we're supposed. That's one of the things we're supposed to learn is the now. And that's what Miguel's alluding to. That's one of the things we're supposed to learn is the now. Everything is now. And if you understand that, that there is nothing other than this moment, then you realize that the past, the present, and the future are now. But we perceive it in this avatar as not being right in this moment. And that's part of the, that's one of the panic rooms that we're in. That's part of one of the rooms that we're locked down in. And that's what we were going to do the, the webinar on is, is is your reality getting in your way or is your reality holding you back? We've canceled that because we have to reschedule and probably rename it because uh, I don't think that it's going to work the way it was going to when it was supposed to. So I'm trying to um, to keep as many people. There was four speakers. I may add a couple and do a webinar uh, in the future on that or we may do short um, shows and webinars on it and I might, and I might poke uh, two or three people in here or there. Because that's a bigger subject, I think, than just having uh, a few speakers speak about it on one day, right? And that's what what we have determined. I talked to to Mandy, who was the co-host, and her and I got together and went, you know, it's not happening. Um, I think maybe we should stop fighting it and say that this is the this one is the one we're going to let go, and we're going to have to rename it and retool it and come back after it. And and so that's what we did. We stopped fighting the universe because we were kind of pushing it. And fighting the universe, and the universe was like no. And I think it was because the the perspective we were using um, wasn't going to work. I think right then, and so I think that's why we need to do a couple of shows to lead to that, and then get on that and really hammer that out, and clean that out, and unpack that. Okay. And I also, uh, Miguel, I want to talk to to Katrina on, or, or Karina. I'm sorry, I want to talk to Karina as well. Uh, on the side because we might do something and, and, and talk to her and go live and blah, 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 just like we do normally with, instead of doing a whole big webinar. But we are going to be doing webinars because, like I said, I'm going to be speaking. Uh, and I think it's it's either October or November. I think it's the November webinar. And I'll know more when I look into it again to find out. I just didn't do that today preparing for this. Okay, so if all of that is true and, the, and that these things are the things we need to learn, then this is not – it's a penal colony because – that's the box that was designed, designed, designed by, if I could talk right, by us, by the, the one true creator. And it's a puzzle. It's literally the cube, the puzzle, the box that we're locked into. It, it's literally a panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room because there's different things, uh, different levels of our development that we need to unlock. And each one of those is a vibratory pattern. And each one of those is harder and harder to get to when it gets to the edge of that. And then you then you then you pop through that level and you go to the next one and it's easy for a minute until it gets hard again, right? Yeah, right, Miguel. I love your analogy right there. He says it's not a prison; it's summer school. Absolutely, that would be if you're if you're an. I don't know if everybody around the world has the same uh, concept of summer school that we do here in America, but that's extracurricular work that you go and do to make up and, and get extra credits. And that's what this place is. Yeah, it is. I mean, truthfully, it's a school. We're here because we're supposed to learn these things and we're supposed to have these experiences. Miguel alluded to that earlier, right? We're supposed to have these experiences 
and we're supposed to figure this shit out. And that's what we're here to do. So when people tell you it's a, a prison colony, it's because they have an agenda behind it. And that's the Orion, uh, Orion uh, Crusaders agenda, what she calls the old guard, uh, which would be the, the people working, you know, with the Luciferians here on the planet, where that's what she says. She even says that the prisoners are in charge of the penal colony. It's insane. Uh, and then you have the the people that are trying to say they were, you know, to give us the Jedi mind trick into believing that they created it so they could just show up and take over because that's how the Orion Crusaders do it. They trick you. They go through time. They're patient because they have nothing but time because time happens for them all at once because they're not stuck in the 3D reality. So for them, 10,000 years ago is now. 50,000 years from now is now. Okay. So you need to understand that you're fighting a you're, you're you don't know that you're fighting a war against a, a temporal war against people who have no concept of time, and we're fighting that from the perspective of time, and we can we can't win that way. We have to get outside that box. Yeah, see, Miguel, you missed it at the beginning. I talked about the dichotomy. Um, he's saying the. That, you know, if it were a prison, let me put this up here and I'll read it for the MP3 guys. Uh, if if they were, if 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 they convince us that we are a prison, we will submit more easily, like the vaccination and all of its mind games. Right? It's actually there. There's a concept for it. I talked about it earlier. <clears throat> let me bring it up again. It's on my phone, so I can say it right again, because <clears throat> I forget the guy's name all the time. Who uh, came up with this concept back in the um, back in the 1700s? And um, it's it's the the uh, Hegelian or Hegelian Hegelian dialectic, and that's where they create a problem without you knowing that they created it. Coronavirus, AIDS, unleash it on the population, and then build as much fear about that, just like they did with the coronavirus. They're still doing it, peddling fear, pushing fear, pushing fear. Got to have the vaccine now. If you don't have the vaccine, there's something wrong with you, and you're a cultist, and you're evil, and you're a terrorist. And you're now it's a it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated in America, right? So so they're shaming you because they they create the fear, and then they go, oh, but we have the cure. Yeah, that's exactly it. Problem solution, right? So they give you the problem, then they give you the solution, and to get the solution, they get more power. They take away more of your rights and more of your freedom, and that's a standard uh, dialectic that they use to take over countries. They used the Marxism used it, communism used it, socialism used it, right? Even the Irish used it <laughs> to take over Ireland. You you create a problem, you get everybody afraid and have to back do something, and then you you gain power by giving them the solution. But you're the one who created the whole thing, and the one who drove the the whole thing. So the vaccines are the same thing, right? And and yeah, most people are getting sick. They're they actually are showing now. Um, there's a video I'm going to have to pull it up. I'm not here on the show, but I'll have to pull it up, Miguel, and send it to you, where a guy did a comparison of how many people are dying, even the non-vaccinated or the vaccinated, from coronavirus and how many people are dying because they took the vaccination and died from a complication that they know was caused by the vaccination. So there's more people dying in the United States from getting the shot than there is from actually getting COVID right now. That's not a lie. I'll probably get freaking uh, the algorithm will probably, uh, you know, delete this fucking uh, show because of it on one of those two fucking networks. But it doesn't matter because this goes out to eight, twenty seven or 30 other networks and they don't they, none of those have been taking me down for any reason. 
because the MP3 file networks, the, the people who own that, the, the big networks don't think there's any money in that one. So they don't own those. So they don't, so they don't censor as much on the MP3 uh, podcasts. Right. So, so the whole penal colony thing is bogus. Are we stuck? Yeah, we're stuck by design. We're stuck because we built this, this panic room and then put smaller panic rooms inside the panic room. So you have different rooms and most panic rooms are that way. You have a room, you got to get through that. And then there's another room, then there's another room, then there's another room. And then you have the, finally you open the door and you get out. Okay. So that's why I always say a panic room inside of a panic room inside. Cause most people think a panic room is just one room and you get out and the, and the, the adventure's over. If you're, if you're paying $120 a person and you only get one door to get out of, you're not going to go back to that place. But if you go in there and you get locked into four or five doors, four or five different rooms, you got to figure it out. Then it becomes fun. Right. I watched the one on, on TV where they had the Jack Black was running it and they had all the stars in there. That was funnier than shit. That was badass. I loved it. That one was really cool. And he would give them hints and that was fun. Right. And I've never been into one of those, but my brother has. And he says it's just like that. And it's great. Yes. <laughs> Miguel got Jacob's channel taken down for a week because he explained what the shot is actually programmed to do. I told you I got deleted for for comparing uh, the shot to uh, to uh, uh, hydroxy, and and I went to both their websites and read to you what their chemical makeup was and what the claim of the pharmaceutical company who made them was that they actually did to the human body and and what they cured and how they cured that, right? And you know that I'm a chemist. I don't know if you know that, but I'm a, but I, I mean I'm not like a chemist like I can get a job as a chemist, but I had to because I was a pool and spa certified. Uh, operator, I had to be, you had to go to school for chemistry because you can kill people with those chemicals that you use, literally, right? 17 kinds of bombs and 32 kinds of, of, of poisonous gas I can kill you with right now because I had to learn how to, to do all, everything with this, all this stuff. So, I, but, right? So I am an alchemist. I'm just not, I don't have a license as a chemist, but I do have a license as an alchemist, right? And, I, and, and like Rodney uh, McGalvery, who's also an alchemist, was very impressed with my alchemy. <laughs> all right. Wow, dude, you're an alchemist. What else do you know? And we've talked. And he's like, where did you get all this? And I'm like, this is what I've had to go to school, man, and learn this. So, <clears throat> so the, the, the whole purpose of what they're trying to pitch us is to keep us here. That's the, that's the game. That's the lockdown. That's the the penal colony. That's them trying to take over by telling us that she just did. Telling us that we're a penal colony and that we have no hope. And in 5,000 years from now, we're probably going to come back and, and do something with you guys and decide to what we're going to do. Right? Welcome, Cheryl. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. So let's continue on with this a little bit. And like I said, we'll keep going here because we keep going and we keep getting sidetracked. All right. You guys keep sidetracking me and we never really get past at any point. However, we're making good headway from, from my understanding and, and, you, and talking to you guys in the audience, at, you know, in, in the things that we're talking about are actually, that's why I wanted to do a, a spiritual show where we talked about just spiritualism. We could talk about this kind of stuff. Right. And that's why uh, Miguel, I'd like to, to get together with you and, and, you know, like I said, have you as a reoccurring, um, a person that we have on every other week or something like that. Right. Um, or once a month, it depends on what your schedule would be like in mind, but we'll figure something out because I want to do a weekly show where I do that as well. And so like, that's why it kind of bleeds in. Cause and if you guys actually understand everything, if people go, well, what does the aliens have to do with spirituality? Everything. 
What does spirituality have to do with aliens? Everything. Aliens are just people, <laughs> right? And that's what people don't understand is that they have the same concepts. And that's why when you talk to, and I've learned this over the years, I've talked about this many times, the CIA hated the fact that some of the greys were very, very spiritual and didn't want to talk about anything. And some of the greys were just downright evil. So they knew that there was, there was two kinds of people in the universe that was very obvious. Some of them were evil and some of them weren't. And the ones that were spiritual didn't want to talk about their technology and that drove them nuts. I heard that my whole life from different people, from different insiders uh, my whole life that, that drove them crazy to this day is when they hit that, when they get that alien in the exchange student thing that, that they are trying to do, and it's a spiritual one, they go, ah, oh, fuck, we're done. Because they only want to talk about spiritualism. They continue talking about the one. They talk about the laws of the universe and how the laws of one, all the things that are in the law of one, I already knew about before I ever read that because I had heard different people from different places at different times and including this nurse. OK, knowing about the existence of this nurse and and trying to figure out who she was and what she knew. And the government said she was nobody. And just like they did with Bob Lazar. Right. Yeah. Some of the greys are. Miguel said greys are evil drones. Almost all of not all of them, but some of them uh, are. Some of them are not because they're, they're just not evil people that are in that drone. Uh, but you're right. <laughs> yes. And thank you, Marcus. Problem, reaction, solution. That's exactly Marcus uh, finally piped in with what we were, uh, what we were, what, what I was trying to hit on. That's exactly what it is: problem, reaction, solution. And and I love that he capitalized the word reaction because the fear is what is what they try to drive as the reaction. So they create the problem, and then they create then they create the re reaction and try and get it fear because when people are are fearful, they're easier to control and they're more willing to give up their rights to get a solution because they become desperate. And that's what they did with COVID. They did that with AIDS. They did that with the bubonic plague. They did that with everything. They did that with 9-11, right? Temporarily, we have to take away some of your rights uh, in order to get... And so then we went and annihilated all of the terrorists, but never gave the rights back. Kept it exactly the way it was. Do you see? 20 years later, when there was no terrorist organizations left alive, we still had them in place. But then what did we do? We gave them, the terrorist organization, all that they needed to, to refill their ranks and grow again. Right? So, yeah, Miguel, uh, let them know there. there are, people are asking how they, can, how they can find you, right? So let them know what, what days you go on to, to the what, who show, because I know you're doing, uh, at least you're doing like two, I think, now. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... Yeah, so you get the the he was on earlier on YouTube and he uh, in there he was on as the the Pena perspective, uh, and that's what he does uh, with Jacob. Um, okay, so let's continue a little bit more here. And like I said, it's going to go spiritual, guys, just because it has to. Because what she's talking about is the same thing that the Law of One talks about. It's the same thing that's happening to us now. It's the same. It's all the same. It's all part of the same problem. Okay, it is. And we created this panic room, which, in, like Marcus said, is we did the same thing. Problem, reaction, solution. But we're doing it to ourselves. Right. So we're doing it to ourselves. And then you have evil people that are just continuing that and feeding it. So it makes it worse. Right. In addition, Earth inherently is a highly unstable planet. It is not suitable for settlement or permanent habitation for any sustainable civilization. This is part of the reason why it is being used as a prison planet 
no one else would seriously consider living here for a variety of simple and compelling reasons. One, so she's going to give all the reasons. So, so basically, well, I'll say this, and then we'll listen to her reasons. Basically, she's saying, "Look, dude, if if someone had the opportunity to live on Earth or live in Hell, they'd live in Hell and rent out Earth." <laughs> Right. And I've said that many times. Right. I have. I've said that many times. I mean, if I had an opportunity, but it's not really that. It's what you make of it. Right. This place is, it has a duality. Earth is beautiful and can be heaven if that's what you're looking for. Also, the other way around, it's nasty, dirty, evil, and it can be hell if that's what you're looking for. And I've quoted the, the band, except German speed metal band or heavy metal band uh, from back in the 80s from one of their songs. Right. And in that, the, and that I say that, you know, heaven is never in heaven. Heaven is where hell is and hell is down on earth. Right. And what, what he was trying to say with that song was just that whatever you're looking for is here. The whole purpose of that song was esoteric. The whole ideology of that song was to tell you the same thing that I preach and everybody preaches now. Right. And that Jesus was trying to preach that, but everybody's still following Jesus and they think Jesus is still going to return to save them. Jesus was trying to tell you that you're the Savior. What you're looking for is here, now. Do you understand? And if you're looking for only evil, that's all you're going to see. If you're looking for heaven, you will find it here, separate from the hell that is also here. It is determined by you and your mindset and what you wish to follow, good or evil. And people who only see all the evil and bad things in the world, they say, you can't get away from all that. It's just everywhere in everything. Well, that's because we have to live with that. However, you can live, you can live in a way and in a place where it doesn't affect you that much. And then you can control those evil people from trying to take total control. But that takes you to understand what's happening to you. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence, right? And we, as a society, as a race of people, are starting to understand, wake up to, hey, this is a trap. And we created it as a trap, and we're here. And now we have people who are trying to convince us that we didn't create it, and that it is a trap, and that they're in charge. But then you have another group of people who are trying to do the same thing and say they're in charge. And then another group of people that are trying to do the same thing and say they're in charge. I know of seven alien races who claim to be the ones who created us and that they are in charge. And now you have this one from Errol who's saying, well, we actually own you. <laughs> so that's eight. Right? So everybody's trying to claim us. Well, then you guys need to figure that shit out. I think all you guys need to get into a fight out there in the middle of space. And whichever one of you wins is the one we'll take out. Okay, you guys need to fight amongst yourselves to fear who's the top dog out there because there's eight alien races who are claiming us. So you guys figure that shit out on, on, on your own. And that's kind of what she's trying to say. Well, yeah, we're taking those guys over and kicking their ass and taking you guys and annexing Earth. We don't give a shit about you. It's just a perfect place to jump off for our launch point to invade the center of the universe, which you don't already own, which would say that you're not the malevolent, all-knowing, all-seeing controller of all of the universe. Because you don't own it all. You have to take it by force. Therefore, you are a hostile, invading, marauding force. You are not good people. You are evil. And you're set on conquest. And even a child at three years old would understand that from listening to this woman speak. Maybe not a child at three. 
but they would have like, I don't like this girl. I don't like this woman. She doesn't seem right. The continental land masses of Earth are floating on a sea of molten lava beneath the surface, which causes the land masses to crack, crumble, and drift continually. Two, because of the liquid nature of the core, the planet is largely volcanic and subject to earthquakes and volcanic explosions. Three, the magnetic poles of the planet shift radically about once every 20,000 years. This causes a greater or lesser degree of devastation as a result of tidal waves and climate changes. Four, Earth is very distant from the center of the galaxy and from any other significant galactic civilization. This isolation makes it unsuitable for use except as a pit stop or jumping off point along the way between galaxies. The moon and asteroids are far more suitable for this purpose because they do not have any significant gravity. 5. Earth is a heavy gravity planet with heavy metallic soil and a dense atmosphere. This makes it treacherous for navigational purposes. The fact that I am in this room as a result of an in-flight accident, in spite of the technology of my craft and my extensive expertise as a pilot, are proof of these facts. 6. There are approximately 60... My extensive expertise as a pilot, you stupid wanker. You crashed your fucking ship. <laughs> she crashed your ship. You're not your expertise as a pilot. You're a fucking moron. You couldn't even fly. And here's the thing too, that I laugh at. If, if seriously, this is what uh, you think about this in the, in the reality of the universe. Let's just say, for instance, that everything she's saying is right. Cause we know we're not in the middle of the universe. We know we're way out in the fucking out in the farm somewhere. So we're country bumpkins with a gas station, right? And people stop in here and go, how do I get in the center of the galaxy? We go down to Johnson's farm right down here. And then you, when you get to the salt lick, you turn left, okay? Now, remember that. Turn left at the salt lick, and then you go down to the general store and ask Bubba, because I don't know how to get to the center of the universe, but Bubba knows all kinds of stuff. So remember his name's Bubba. Ask him. He'll tell you how to get back to the interstate. And make sure you do it right, because them hillbillies that live in that little town down yonder, if you go in there, they're going to heat you. They're going to take your head. They're going to cook you. They're going to eat you. The headhunters living over there, right? And stay on the road, because we got monsters that are outside the road, so don't stray off the path. But remember, left at the salt lick, Bubba at the general store, he'll get you to the interstate. All right. Off you go now. Thanks for stopping in. That'll be a dollar fifty for the gas, right? And but you you think about that. Let's just say all that's true, right? We're way out in the middle of nowhere, and they're scared to hell to come here because our planet is so fucking hostile. Who are these pussy ass aliens who are trying to take over the entire known universe? I know, right? Miguel says you're starting to sound like me, buddy. I know that's why I like you, bro. That you you haven't actually listened to me like when I'm going on like this is it very much because we've only had a few uh, conversations. But I'm not sounding like you. We're sounding like each other. Well, actually, I think you are you older than me. If you're older than me, then I'm sounding like you. I'm 54. I just turned 54. So if, if I'm older than you, then you actually sound like me because you know how we're supposed to do the whole elder thing, right? I know. I love to use that. Sorry, Cheryl. I love to use that accent. 
because that's the accent that every comedian uses when they're given directions of someone who's out in the boonies, right? It's always some Southern accent. So I just took the, the, uh, the, the same thing that, you know, when a joke works and it works right in America, you do the same thing. So instead of using my voice to go, well, you go down here and then you turn, you know, it doesn't sound as funny unless you use that Southern accent because all comedians use a Southern accent when they're talking to someone who's lost and the guy's not going to really give them any good directions. Right. And he's being an asshole because he's going to look at these city slickers coming here to ask me for questions. I want to get them stuck out in the middle of the desert somewhere or out in the middle of the cornfields and laugh about it. Um, and so you use that, that Southern accent. That's why I did that. That's hilarious. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So, so Miguel's 49. So then, then you're starting to sound like me because I'm the elder. <laughs> but now think about this. They must be pussies. Because all of the stuff that we have, these harsh things that we live with here that we laugh at, right? And we're like, yeah, man, I'm surfing on mantle, dude. I'm standing on top of the crust and this shit's moving. I live in California, <laughs> right? Right. And so you use, yeah, yeah, well, you could use it. That's the other one that people do is like the, the surfer dude, right? For like stupid people. All right, bro. Listen, let me tell you how to get back to the interstate, buddy. Right. Okay. First thing you do is you take that expensive car that you got. Right, with all that gasoline hogging thing you got going on, and you trade that in right over here for an electric car. Right, then this is how, dude, listen to what I'm trying to tell you this stuff, bro. Don't get so hostile and start looking at your phone, dude. Right, yeah, the Valley Girl stuff, like, oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. Right, <laughs> let me tell you how to get out of here. Right, I can do the, the, the sur gay surfer guy. Right, okay, wait, 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 I know. How to get you out of here, bruh. You just got to trust. Trust. Get a little trust here. All right? Chase, you guys got to slow down. Where are you from? Anyway, you're not from here. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, dude, and here's the thing. When people get lost, I always go, okay, did you, like, drive around in circles three or four times before you found me? Right? That's the first thing I ask. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, you got lost, but you got here. Do you not remember how you got here? Because <laughs> the way to get unlost is to go back the way you came. It's not here. So if you stop here and you go, hey, how do I get back to the, you know, usually it's, hey, hey, buddy, how do I get back to the, to the, to the interstate? Well, you got here from the interstate. Go back the same way you got here and you're going to find the interstate. And there should be an on-ramp where there's an off-ramp. It's not always that way, <laughs> but if you follow the road that's next to the interstate, it'll eventually get you to the on-ramp to the interstate. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're lost and you can't get back to the interstate and you got to ask directions, you're going to get lost again because your dumbass got lost. <laughs> right? Take a left at the Piggly Wiggly. I love that, Cheryl. Go down to the Piggly Wiggly, and that's past the Salt Lake, right? That's past Johnson, Farmer Johnson, Salt Lake. You'll see it. It says it on the, on the no trespassing Johnson Ranch. Keep driving. You'll see the salt lick. Keep going. You'll find the Piggly Wiggly. Turn left. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Cars, I ain't no Mac. <laughs> I'm a Peterbilt. You moron. Yeah, right? So, so. If all that's true, then these people, we got all these things that are going you know, to hurricanes, tornadoes. This is all the shit she's talking about. Fires, floods, and all this stuff that we got going on that we live with every day. 
and we laugh about it. Yeah, we we go, oh man, you know, we just had a hurricane and it killed a bunch of people, and that really sucks. And you know, but we live with it. We're not like, oh my God, we got to get off this rock. We can't even be here, man. I can't even navigate around this place, man. It's so crazy. So the truth is that we here that are on this uh, unhospitable penal colony are the toughest sons of bitches in the fucking universe. So the last thing they want us to do is get out of here, right? Because <laughs> what happens if you take all these people that you pissed off by putting in a fucking penal colony and you stuck them somewhere where the where the terrain was trying to kill them as well as everything else, but you were supposed to be trying to keep them there indefinitely, and then they started waking up and realizing that they were in a penal colony, and then they started figuring out how to get the fuck out of there. And once they do... Who do you think they're going to come back to talk to? The motherfuckers who put us in here. Right? So that means you you have a short-lived little fucking uh, empire. Because when we get out of here, we're coming for you. <laughs> we're coming for you, Errol. We're coming for you, the reptilians, or whoever it is that put us here. First thing we're going to do is take our revenge on you. Once we get become sovereign, we're going to then go, okay. That one's going to get killed. That one's getting killed. And guess what? We're really good assassins because if you live on a planet full of assassins and murderers, you got to be really fucking good not to get caught. Right? We have professions here that assassins go and kill other assassins. So you got to be really fucking good. Right? So what do you think we're going to do when we come after your ass who's afraid? Oh, I can't go there. It's a little shifty. They got molten stuff underneath their feet, man. Well, I don't care if it's like 50 miles down. It's still there, dude. I'm a scared. So they're afraid to be on this planet that's inhospitable. We call this shit today. <laughs> we call this shit now. Okay. And everything that happens on this planet, we move all over it. We live everywhere. And some of us die. We get recycled. Here's the thing. We get recycled and we come right back. You guys don't realize how hard that makes our souls, man. We're fucking the commandos. We're the fucking airborne. We are the fucking SEAL teams. When we get out of here, your asses are in trouble. And we're all the creative psychotic motherfuckers, right? So so what do you think is going to happen? You guys better hope that we don't get out of here. <laughs> you should be shitting yourselves because we're writing shit down and taking names, and we're going to start lines through them soon. Right? Yeah. Right? I love this planet. I agree. Miguel says, I love this planet. I have problems dealing with the idiots that are plaguing this place. I agree with you. And But see, that goes back to, that harkens back to the duality of, of, of the human existence, right? The good versus evil. And the, you have to have the strife and the bad stuff uh, here for, for us to understand and unlock this box. Let's continue with her problems as to why she can't. There's no way, man. We, you guys, this planet just sucks, dude. We couldn't even sell tickets to it billion Earth-like Sun-type 12 Class 7 planets in the Milky Way galaxy alone, not to mention the vast expanses of the domain and the territories we claim in the future. It is difficult to stretch our resources to do much more than a periodic recovery. See, I wanted you to see this part right here, right? Okay, so listen to this, right? Uh, uh, you know, there's a, uh, uh, there are approximately 60 billion Earth-like Sun-type 12 Class 7 planets in the Milky Way galaxy alone, not to mention the vast expanse of the domain and the territories we will claim in the future. Think about that. That's kind of important. Welcome, Kevin. I see you popped in there. He says, people forget to use their brains. Laugh out loud. Yes, we do. People do. And that, that's the problem with the matrix that we're in is that it takes away, even though you, you the thinking 
part of your mind is a trap in and of itself, people forget to even do that. And they go, they follow deeper into the lizard brain, right? Which is where they want everybody. And so it's not that they, you know, it's not that they forget. It's that that, that part was taken. And that's what the, the matrix does, or, or I should say like the, the internet, the stuff that distracts you, all the distraction tries to keep you from thinking. Cause when you start to think, you start to ask questions, even though you're in your head and you're in the thinking uh, body in this pain body and you're in that mind, it's still a step up from the lizard brain. Right. So, so you're that, I love that you, the way you worded that people forget to use their brain. Right. I love that. Um, that was, that was almost, I would say almost perfect. You know what I mean? That's a good analogy, Kevin, because that means so much more, right. Than just the words you use, because it literally, and in and of itself, it is another part of a panic room that you're trapped in. And then you have to get out of the self thinking portion of your mind. See, this is why I want to do that spiritual show because we can all get going on this stuff. Right. And, and so let's, let's continue with her griping about her planet. <laughs> of Earth, especially when there are no immediate advantages to invest resources here. On Earth, most beings are not aware that they are isbees or that there are spirits of any kind. Many other beings are aware of this, but nearly everyone has very limited understanding of themselves as an isbee. Now, in 1947, that was probably truer than today, right? We all know that. Back in 1947, most of the people that were around then, it was far, few and far in between that were actually awake or adults, and they were considered geniuses. They still are, right? So in 1947, that's, that is correct. So again, she's only speaking from her experience at the time she's here, which, which would suggest that she, when occupying that robot body, that doll body, is bound by the laws of the three-dimensional reality here. That's something that everybody has, no one ever speaking about aliens or them coming here, uh, have even talked about ever. I haven't heard anyone talk about that, right? That they are in the same place, space as us. And so therefore the reality, the laws that govern this reality also govern them the same way here. So she's supposed to be a light being, then that means that she should know far more than she does, but she doesn't. Do you understand? She should know if, if what she says is true, she, and she's been around for a trillion, trillion, trillion years, you would think her wisdom and her speaking and her mannerisms and way of thinking would be far more superior than a three-dimensional mind. Yet, that's what I'm getting from this person. I'm getting a three-dimensional mindset speaking through this person telepathically to this other person. And what I'm getting is mentally, Errol is no more advanced than any other human on this. She didn't even, wasn't even aware of the history of Earth. And she's, everything she's doing and talking about is literally from 1947 back, the knowledge that she's gaining from all of the books and research. So she has no prior knowledge whatsoever into earth history, except what she has gotten as a, as a briefing from her military personnel. She doesn't know anything about, about what's going on here, which means none of them know what's going on down here. And that's why they send reconnaissance to find out what we're doing here. Why? If they're, if it's a penal colony, they shouldn't give a shit. Right? But it's not. All right, let's continue. 
One of the reasons for this is that Isbees have been waging war against each other since the beginning of time. Not a lie. Time was invented. We know that when the veiling started. And that was when, when the, the one true creator decided that everybody was sitting around on their asses and nobody was actually starting to move forward and graduate. So they changed things and it became the laws of the universe, the veiling, the, so we don't remember and all the things that have happened. So, yes, since time has been invented, we humans have been killing each other. Absolutely. Because that's what it's about. Right. That gave that option. The purpose of these wars has always been to establish domination by one ISBE or group of ISBEs over another. So what she's claiming is that it's different from what the her domain is now currently doing, waging war and invading places and taking them over against their will. <laughs> so it's different. How is that different? Do you see? So she's saying humans have been killing each other since you guys have been killing each other since time began. You guys, the purpose of these wars have always been to establish uh, domination by one isby or group of an isbies over another, which is what her, what she's describing that the domain is doing. So how can she then say they're malevolent compared to our, our crazy lunatic place where it's unhinged bunch of psychopaths? What they're doing in the universe is exactly what she's claiming we're doing here. That means there's no difference. The difference is, in her mind, annexing planets and murdering people doesn't seem to be the same as what we're doing here on this planet to each other. Yet, they're doing the exact same thing, including, up to and including, rounding up people that are like us that don't listen to them and putting them in a penal colony like here. So there's no difference between her society and the society on Earth by her own emission. They're a conquering warlike species who is trying to conquer the known universe. And they're heading towards the center of the known universe using our solar system as a jump-off point militarily because it's the perfect jump-off point militarily. So she claims. So the difference between her race and ours is what? Technology. That's it. Technology. But yet she's looking down her nose and trying to show and scold us humans for being uh, insane murderers, rapists, and killers. Since an Isby cannot be killed, the objective has been to capture and immobilize Isbys this has been done in a nearly unlimited variety of ways. The most basic method to capture and immobilize an ISBE is through the use of various kinds of traps. ISBE traps have been made and put in place by many invading societies, such as the one that established the old empire beginning about 64 trillion years ago. Traps are often set up in the territory of the ISBEs being attacked. Usually, a trap is set up with the electronic wave of beauty to attract the interest and attention of the ISBE. When the ISBE moves toward the source of the aesthetic wave, such as a beautiful building or beautiful music, the trap is activated by the energy put out by the ISBE. One of the most common trap mechanisms uses the ISBE's own thought energy output when the ISBE tries to attack or fight back against the trap. The trap is activated and energized by the ISB's own thought energy. 
The harder the Isby fights against the trap, the more it pulls the Isby toward it and keeps them stuck in the trap. Throughout the entire history of this physical universe, vast areas of space have been taken over and colonized by Isby societies who invade and take over new areas of space in this fashion. In the past, these invasions have always shared common elements. One, the overwhelming use of force of arms, usually with nuclear or electronic weapons. Two, mind control of the ISBEs in the invaded area through the use of electroshock, drugs, hypnosis, erasure of memory, and the implantation of false memory or false information intended to subjugate and enslave the local ISBE population. Three. Okay, so then that would suggest that what has happened here is normal. Do you understand? She's describing, and, we, and she hasn't finished yet, but she's describing the way in which her people conquer other people. But she didn't say that. She says, well, some people do it this way. She's not saying, well, but my people don't do it that way. And we're so kind and generous that we don't do any of that. She doesn't say that. She doesn't claim that. But she points the finger at the old empire. So here again, she's trying to say, well, we're your saviors. We, we're the ones that are going to save you in about 5,000 years because we don't have any other real reason to save you right now. And we have it on the docket for about 5,000 years from now or 50,000 years or whenever we get around to you guys. Let's Let's continue. But she's showing... That everything that she's saying, say that all of this stuff is true, that, that this is all of that stuff's happening around us, and that's what's keeping us here. That's nothing new, then. That's just the way war is waged in the third dimension over territory. Right? And they trap your soul so that you won't be a soldier. You'll be stupid and won't remember, and you grow up in a new body, and you won't be any harm to them. But obviously, they can't destroy your immortal soul because they're not destroying anybody's soul. That means they can't. That means that you're not really in a prison. Because once you realize that you're in a prison, again, the first step of avoiding the trap is knowing of its existence. So once you realize that you're that, that this is what's happening to you, then that's that that's it. It's over. You're gonna undo the trap quickly and avoid getting caught. Right? And once, once people start doing that, what are they going to do? Freak out and come down here and like try to nuke us all? Well, by that time, it's too late. It's all undone. That's what's happening even here. So it's not something out of the ordinary. It's not something that, oh, my God, we're a penal colony in there. We're like the only one, and, and we're stuck here, and there's no way ever out, man. This is how they've waged war everywhere. She's explaining that. When you're in the third dimension, it's just par for the course. So this is nothing new to us. Some of us might have been people who were doing that to people and erasing their brains at another time, and we're fighting on a different side from her, and we got caught. Do you understand? So it's nothing. So people are like, well, we're a penal colony, man, and we can't. No, who cares? That's normal. That's how war is fought. So maybe we did find ourselves in a, in a penal colony, but now we know we're in a penal colony, and we also know how they're keeping us here. We have aliens coming down telling us. Why are they doing that? Is she secretly trying to help us figure out how to get out of here? Maybe. Right. Takeover of natural resources by the invading Isbees. Four, political, economic, and social slavery of the local population. These activities continue in present time. All of the Isbees on Earth have been members of one or more of these activities in the past, both as an invader or as part of the population being invaded. There are no saints in this universe. Very few have avoided or been exempted from warfare between Isbees. Isbees. But see, that's because 
Now, this is, again, this is a 3D reality, right? She's claiming that she's like only light, which who knows what, what density that is, right? So if she's left her body completely, everything is still status quo to here to now, just in a different body form. Do you understand? So everybody goes, oh, it'll be so much better when we're no longer here. Everything goes away. No, no, obviously it doesn't. Right? But now if she has to enter a body to move about in three-dimensional reality, what the fuck are they doing going down to 3D reality? Well, they're conquering. That's what they're doing. Do you see? So if they're entering a, a, a bio suit with their mind because they are just energy and they're and they're uh, going to a 3d reality as soldiers soldiering in a spaceship that that means they're here to do mischievous shit do you understand otherwise why do you occupy yourself with that that would be like me deciding that we need to go in in submarines and go and kill the whales to take them over and enslave them the hell would we want to do that for no reason to they're out there in the water they're not going anywhere Right. So there's no reason for us to do that. Why would we get into a bio suit and go and shoot sharks? Why would we do that? There's no reason to. They live out there in their own ecosystem. So if I'm in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, if I'm just energy, what would motivate me to to make a bio suit so that I could operate in a three dimensional reality space and then go down there and, and kill humans? What would the fuck would I want to do that for? Unless I'm a conqueror, which means that I'm evil and I am in service to self, then you're doing it for fun, disrupting people's lives and screwing them over and controlling people and doing all this evil shit that people do. So nothing has changed wherever she's from. If she's been around for a trillion, 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 trillion years, then that means that the universe doesn't change. People just ascend through it. Nobody's a saint. There are no saints in the universe. Everyone's evil. Very few have avoided being exempt from warfare between Isbees. On Earth are still the victims of this activity at this very moment. The Between Lives amnesia administered to Isbees is one of the mechanisms of an elaborate system of old world Isbee traps that prevent an Isbee from escaping. This operation is managed by an illicit, renegade, secret police force of the old empire using false provocation operations to disguise their activities in order to prevent detection by their own government, the domain, and by the victims of their activities. They are mind control methods developed by government psychiatrists. Earth is a ghetto planet. It is the result of an intergalactic holocaust. Isbees have been sentenced to Earth either because, one, they are too viciously insane or perverse to function as part of any civilization, no matter how degraded or corrupt. Two, or they may be a revolutionary threat to the social, economic, and political caste system that has been so carefully built and brutally enforced in the old empire. Okay, so none of what she's saying is different from life on Earth. None of what she's saying is different from life on Earth. So. That would suggest that the universe works just like Earth does. Okay, so if that's the case, then it's a paradox. Right, Moses says, I can't help but laugh. So, so basically she's saying, we're so much better than you because you guys are fucking crazy. You're so psychotic 
that you had to be put here, right? Because you were unbalancing the geopolitical, economic, political caste system that had been put in place so carefully built and brutally enforced by the old empire. But yet, we're at war with the old empire, not because we're trying to free people, but because we are taking over their territory, <laughs> brutally, by force. Do you see? Right? So, so she's trying to claim that there was this, this you, you might be able to, or there were a revolutionary threat to the social, economic, and political caste system that has been so carefully built and, and brutally enforced by the rich and the elite. Biological bodies are sufficiently designed and, de and, and, de and designated as the lowest order of entity in the old empire. So she's saying that your human body is the lowest form of life that the rich and the elite could, could, could give you. Do you understand? That's what she's saying there. Let's continue. Biological bodies are specifically designed yeah, yeah, and designed so, as... Yeah, Cheryl, so yeah, the, the Earth is the nut hut of the galaxy. Well, okay, so think about all the people that are here. Think about the personalities of the people that are here, right? So what the personalities of the people that are here are free thinkers, people who imagine things, people who create things, people who are dancers, poets, movies, book writers, people like me who speak, right? So, so why are they a threat? unless your society is like the communist party society here on earth or the now liberal left that is trying to be in control of here on earth and the in the, the united states and the rest of the world the only one time you become a threat to society for being a free thinker or being a creative person or being a revolutionary or being any of the things that she's describing here is because the people who are ruling are evil, unjust, and they're afraid of those people and what they can do with their minds. Not that you're psychotic and you're evil. It's the opposite. People who are revolutionaries are usually trying to free other people, not try to take control for themselves. Some people use that to gain power and for themselves, but then it's not usually called a revolution, is it? People who are who are creative poets and writers and songwriters and 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 the like, or or political opponents, only go to jail when you're trying to control the population and how they think, and you have to do that by brute force because you're evil, because you want total control over everyone's minds. Only evil people want control. Only evil people want power. People who are in service to self want power. People who are in service to others sometimes get in a power position to protect the people from evil and tyranny. But evil people will have you believe those people are worse than they are and that they're evil. They have to tell you that. Otherwise, you'll see the truth that you're being rounded up and arrested because you don't agree with them politically. Does this sound familiar to you? She's describing the old empire and her empire as exactly the same. 
the lowest order of the entity of the old empire caste system. When Anisbi is sent to Earth and then tricked or coerced into operating in a biological body, they are actually in a prison inside a prison. Three, in an effort to permanently and irreversibly rid the old See how she weaves that too? So once you're tricked into or coerced into operating in a biological body, they are actually in a prison inside of a prison. She's not lying there. Because you are. Because you believe this biological body that you're in is you. And so because of that, you're trapped in it. It's a prison. And it's inside of another prison. This is why I say we're in a panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room. Maybe even inside of a panic room. I don't know how far that goes. Four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Right? And the first step is to understand that, to realize that. And once you have you have to work through from the lizard brain up. Get out of the lizard brain, get into the thought mind, the thinking mind. You have to go through that and ascend through that and understand that that's another trap. And then uh, understand the reality of now. And then that shows you that you're in another trap, that you're inside this body, but it's, that's an illusion. And then you also, at that point, you would start to ascend more and realize that the reality that we're in is an illusion. So there's your other trap within a side of a trap with this, you know, so your panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room. And that keeps going until eventually you then ascend out of this body and then at some point go, wait, don't move. There's traps. And then you identify the traps and you don't go and get caught there. Then what happens after that? I'm not sure because I'm here. <laughs> right? And I know that I'm here to get us back there. And if not, just to get myself there. So once people do that, they don't turn around and come back and tell people why. When they get out, they go, they're pissed. So they go back to where they came from and they're kicking somebody's ass. Right? Or they're starting a revolution there. <laughs> get themselves in trouble and get put into a different lockdown. Right? So we are the microcosm to the macrocosm. Everything that we are seeing here is playing out in the universe as below, so above. Do you understand? Everything that we are doing to ourselves here, we are doing to ourselves there. No different. She just believes that she's not trapped in some sort of prison because she's not in the lowly, lowest form of existence human body. But they all the time volunteer to put themselves into a biosuit that acts like us so they can be here. Why? That's the question that she won't answer because she doesn't let anybody ask her any questions. So if this is the lowest form of the lows in the penal colony and prison and you're trapped inside of a trap inside of a trap, then why do you guys build a device that you can get into to operate here? You would think you wouldn't want to come here for nothing. Well, the shit she just said about how bad we are. So does that mean that her coming here was a punishment? Like in our military here in the United States, we end up up in Alaska? Or you end up in Siberia, in Russia? Is this Siberia? And so she got this gig that means that she did something wrong and pissed somebody off, and they, they sent her to Earth hoping she would crash and die and burn and get stuck here. But she didn't. 
right? And then she left, supposedly, when they tried to crap, you know, trap her in the body. Empire of such untouchables. The external identity. Right? Yep. Miguel says, God loves us, which is why they want to be us, right? Think about that. Good one, brother. Memory and abilities of every isbe is forcefully erased. This final solution was conceived and carried out by the psychopathic criminals who are controlled by the old empire. See, so now she's saying, right, the, so, the so-called civilization of Earth from the age of useless pyramids, she said that, right, useless pyramids, to the age of nuclear holocaust have been a colossal waste of nature, natural resources a you know here again a perverted use of intelligence again she's saying we're absolutely a waste of space you people are a waste of space and you've done nothing and you're useless in the entire universe this is what she's saying again right we are so much better than you but when she described how they take people over they use the same weapons that we do to attack and enslave people so Everything she's saying about us is what they're using those same tools and doing that same thing to people. But she's trying to claim that the evil old empire is the ones that does it. Some people do it this way, but she didn't say how they invade and what they do at all. I would wager it's exactly the same way, but she can't come forward and make us feel inferior and pathetic and nothing if she doesn't say that, if she says that and tells us how her people invade, it takes away everything she said after that to this point that is making us useless in a, in a trap, in a lie, as a race of, of pathetically psychotic individuals who can't even help themselves or stop themselves from murdering each other. Yet, again, let me digress back to how she claims they fight wars. They're so much more advanced and sophisticated than we are. They fight wars the exact same way we do, using even nuclear weapons, and she admitted that. The mass extermination of untouchables in prison camps created by Germany during World War II were recently revealed. Likewise, the Isbees of Earth are the victims of spiritual eradication and eternal slavery inside frail biological bodies inspired by the same kind of craven hatred in the old empire. The kind and creative inmates of Earth are continuously tortured by butchers and lunatics who are controlled by the old empire prison operators. The so-called civilizations of Earth, far from the age of useless pyramids to the age of nuclear holocaust, have been a colossal waste of natural resources, a perverted use of intelligence, and an overt oppression of the spiritual essence of every single Isby on the planet. If the Domain sent ships to every corner of the universe in search of hell, their quest could end on Earth. What greater brutality can be... Well, okay, yeah, Miguel, you're right. In the end, he says, we're, we're not using nukes. We've upgraded to bioweapons. Well, she did also say that, too, okay? They use uh, nuclear weapons or bioweapons. She did say that. And unconventional. So she's still not giving us anything that they do that's better than our technology. The only thing they have is spaceships that fly to the planets. But after that, it's a conventional war, the same way we're fighting. She doesn't even say like, and they have like these elaborate plasma guns and weapons and lasers. And she's not giving us any details about anything they have militarily, weapons, not even if they have a replicator that makes food for them, what they eat, nothing. 
All she's doing is telling us how pathetic we are here. Do you see? There's nothing there that she's indicating other than I'm on the side of the people that are taking over. We are winning. Right? So, this, But everybody else is beneath us. That's her mindset. That's what she's, how she's talking. There's a lot of ego going on in this woman's words. If they were supposedly, you know, this advanced race who advanced to the point of just energy, there would be no ego. There would be no reason to attack and conquer. Yet that's what they're doing, which means they're still operating in their egoic mind. The only people who keep the ego and try to ascend are evil people. Period. Yeah, you're right, absolutely right. That's my point of, of this entire thing. All she's doing is spreading lies, Miguel. You're absolutely right. And that's my point. Most people take this uh, for, at face value. And that's why when I read this, I said, I have to take this and, and, well, and unpack this. Because most people, when they read this, they're going to do just like they do when they read the Bible. They're going to read it and they go, well, this is the Bible. So everything in here has to be absolute true and absolute. But, it, but it's not. The Bible's a guide, and it needs to be unpacked, every piece of it. That's why we have preachers and people who are ministers to help people with that. Right? So, so absolutely. So let's, let's continue here with her, with her, um, you know, badgering uh, the, the human race and battering us and telling us how stupid and psychotic we are inflicted on anyone then to erase the spiritual awareness, identity, ability, and memory that is in the essence of oneself. The domain has as yet been unable to rescue the 3,000 Isbees of the Expeditionary Force Battalion either. They are forced to inhabit biological bodies on Earth. We have been able to recognize and track most of them for the past 8,000 years. However, our attempts to communicate with them are usually futile as they are unable to remember their true identity. Okay, so so here again, here again, if they are so malevolent and have so much power, right, why can't they do anything? We, we've been tracking our own people that got caught here and they're in this prison colony, but we can't do anything about it. What do you mean you can't do anything about it? Did your balls drop off? A second ago, you were conquering the known universe and you're the gods in charge of everything with all the answers. And now you can't rescue your own people from a penal colony that you claim was made a trillion, trillion, trillion years ago by this antiquated old ass broke down technology that some group had a billion, billion years ago put into place. But yet you don't know how to fuck to get around it, do you? Because you got 8,000 members of your expeditionary force stuck on this fucking rock with the rest of us, and you can't do shit to get them off of here. Wait a minute. You know what's keeping the people here. Why don't you go and turn the machines off? Fuck no. All the rest of you guys will also wake up, and then you're going to be pissed off. And you're going to be really mad because you've been stuck in prison. And you're going to, the first thing you're going to do is go after the people who put you there. Well, you wouldn't be afraid of that if you weren't the people who put us here. You'd then be our saviors. And you'd want us to go and go after the old guard. Right? But they're not. Why? Hmm. Ask yourself that question. Here we go. Let's continue with her 
giving it the majority of the lost members of the domain force have been followed in general in these countries. And then she names off every country on the planet. The majority of lost members of the domain force have followed the general progression of Western civilization from India into the Middle East, then to Chaldea and Babylon, into Egypt, through Archaea, Greece, Rome, into Europe, to the Western Hemisphere, and then around the world. Funny, because that information that she has is, the, is our history of the last couple thousand years alone, period. That is the that is how we are how our memory our, our that's how our history says that we what you know the history was in these places the domain followed the general progression of Western civilization from India now she's claiming that India is where all life started into the Middle East then to Chaldea which I'm not sure what that word means Miguel if you if you know what that what, what that that place was I've not heard of Chaldea uh, and then Babylon I know Babylon and then into Egypt through uh, Acacia, Greece, Rome, into Europe, and then the Western Hemisphere. So, so she's following the progression of history, because in all of those places, at all of those times, there were people already living there, indigenous that were already there. Right. So, right, yeah, but Peter, I love what Peter says. Peter says the the uh, Viber is the is the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, right? The guide for planet Earth. This is what the gods want us to believe. It's the hitchhiker's guide to the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So Miguel I'll put this up on the screen, right? So Miguel said that that uh, um, that uh, uh, Chaldeans. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. She just said it. Uh, were related to the Canaanites. Okay, so obviously it was a city uh, then, so it was like Mesopotamia and the and then the movement through there heading east into or, or expanding out from that, like from India, Middle East, and, and going through there. All right, so I understand that, right? And then into Babylon, and now we're heading, you know, towards Egypt, right? Through Acacia, Rome, you know, Greece, Rome, into Europe. So, but that's just how how, how history went. That's the the way it progressed was those were the conquering nations, right? Greece was there, then Rome was there, then you know, and then the Roman Empire was bigger than the Greek Empire, and then you have the European Empire that became bigger than that, and then we're well, moving into the Western Hemisphere. But there was already people living here at that time, and she's not talking like those people even existed. So she's giving us a Judeo-Christian uh, ideology of of history, again, gotten from the books that she has. Well, the, the people, our people that are here, they followed all the civilizations and the regular things that came to be here. So they only lived in those areas and, and migrated with history, is what you're trying to say? They didn't live anywhere else except for when the shit that was written down? I, that sounds really bizarre to me. Oh, wait, is she claiming that they were the ones who created all of those? Right? That's what she might be getting at. That, well, we're the ones who basically made all of your societies as my people that have been here all this time. Right. That's a possibility what she's trying to get at as well. Again, looking down on us. You guys are crazy lunatics from all over the universe. You're nothing like us. We're so sophisticated. You guys attack each other with conventional warfare, nuclear weapons, and bioweapons. We don't do that. But yes, you do. You just explain that to us. So tell me how they're different than we are. Besides their technology.
the members of the Lost Battalion and many other Isbees on Earth could be valuable citizens of the domain, not including those who are vicious criminals or perverts. Unfortunately, there has been no workable method conceived to emancipate the Isbees from Earth. Therefore, as a matter of... No method, but like turning the machines off? So basically what she's saying is that you guys were condemned because of who you are, and we can't change that, so we can't have you in our society because we don't want any of those aspects in our society. We are a conquering nation, and our job is to conquer. We go in, we attack people, we kill them, we take all the people that are like you, we round them up, wipe their brains, and stick them in a penal colony someplace. That's why we're not trying to get you guys out or help you guys, because you're detestable to us, because you're lowly thinkers and poets and people who are troublemakers and people who don't agree with our, our political persuasion. Does that sound familiar to you? So the difference between what's happening on Earth and, the, and what's happening in the universe is what again? Technology. Common logic as well as the official policy of the domain, it is safer and more sensible to avoid contact with the SB population of Earth until such time as the proper resources can be allocated to locate and destroy the old Empire Force screen and amnesia machinery and develop a therapy to restore the memory of an ISB. Right, but we're not going to look into that information right now because we're trying to conquer other planets. <laughs> and we're going to be putting those people locking their asses up too. Okay, so we're not going to come back here and try to figure out how to free you guys and rehabilitate you guys until once we can, you know, once our conquering ass conquers the known universe, we'll think about letting you guys out. No, they won't because they don't want us out. Right? So if they're not here, they're, that means that she is not in service to others. She's in service to self. But here's the thing. Even people who are in service to self, anyone who knows this knows this. People who are in service to self serve the whole, serve the all by being in service to themselves. So that's why I wanted to break this down because she's actually helping us without knowing that she's helping us. And I see it. And most people wouldn't when they read this. They would just go, wow, we're just pathetic and we're stuck here, man. And there's no way fucking out for us. So why do I even try? Because that's what she's trying to do with her words. But with her words, and this is what I said in the beginning, it's not what somebody says necessarily. It's what they don't say to you or how they say the things they say to you. That you pay attention to. Right. Miguel says it's just like we get our freedom back when the, when the uh, pandemic ends, after the pandemic ends, but they won't let it end. Correct. Right. That's exactly that. They, they took away the power. They're taking away your right to be free by forcing you to get the vaccination, which, again, cause, effect, solution. So that's what they're doing. And they don't they don't give up the power. They're evil. When they take it from you, they don't want to give it back. You have to take it back. Luckily for us, we have a constitution that they haven't been able to override completely. And that's what people are suing now here. And it's and, and the courts are, are kicking it back at them and saying, you can't do that. It's illegal. The Constitution says you can't force people to take medicine. And so this is going to go away really quickly with the shot. But they have to have another pandemic. They have to have something else that shows up. Problem, reaction, solution. Absolutely. And that's what that's the whole entire concept. That's what's happening to us right now. And we're in that reaction solution stage. And some of us are resisting that. So even here, the powers that should not be, the evil, crazy people that are in charge still are trying to imprison and get rid of those of us who were troublemakers because we're still here. 
So we're still making trouble even in the prison. <laughs> right? So, all right, let's continue here. And, of course, it, there's no Roswell, audio here because we're going alien to alien interview. All right, so I'm going to stop right there. That's a perfect place. So we made it to Chapter 9. Okay, that way we can pick up because uh, I did, you know, I went over because we were talking a lot about spirituality. So I went ahead and went another hour and 12 minutes so that we could get further into the to the chapter. So I'll stop there at chapter nine. We'll, we'll begin right there next Friday at chapter nine. And I'll write down where we are here as far as the timeline goes here. We're see it was almost there anyway. So two hours, eight minutes. So we only actually did. 15 minutes if that of the of the this thing here and i knew it was going to be that way even though it's four hours long i knew it was going to take us more than four hours to get through this entire thing talking about it just because of everything that i knew i was going to bring up and that would spawn stuff that you guys were talking about as well right and so some people you guys are listening to this and you're like jesus christ you're going off on a tangent about you need to understand there's a reason for that. This is all, it's all encompassed. It's all together, people. And this is what I'm trying to show you. And most of you that are here in the crowd that I know that are always here, you guys understand that. And that's why you come back. For those of you people who find this new, <clears throat> you may not understand that, right? Well, you're talking all this stuff and you're not even go playing the damn video. Jesus, you drive me nuts. Somebody said that to me. And I'm like, if you want to just watch the video, watch the video without me. You don't need me then. The whole purpose of me being here is to actually unpack what's being said here so that you, me, and everybody else understand what's going on. There's no difference between this person, this alien. She's evil. She comes from a, an empire that doesn't believe in, a, in a, a, a collective consciousness, doesn't believe in anything higher than themselves. Therefore, they're arrogant. They're evil. They believe they're in charge, and they have to take control of everybody. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, that would be the federal government of the United States and the money backing it and all of the other governments on the planet. No difference. The difference between an alien race who came down here in 1947 and gave an interview, but there wasn't an interview, gave a deposition, is technology. And she admittedly told us that how things work in the universe is exactly how they work here. No difference. Right? It sounds like a lizard. Right? Yeah. Truthfully, right? Either way, yeah, it says either way, if she's not, or she probably evolved from them because she claims that she's just, you know, energy now. So she has ascended to energy and has never lost her ego, and neither has anyone else, obviously, in her little empire. So the only way that that happens is you have to be evil because if you're not evil, you don't need the ego anymore, and you start ascending without it. And eventually the ego goes away. Unless you rely on it. Evil relies on the ego. It lives in the egoic mind. It is the egoic mind. Do you understand? That's right. Too arrogant to have ascended. Miguel just put that up on the screen. That's the that's my my point. So she's not past the sixth dimension, sixth density. Because no evil ascends past that. So she might be an energy being from the sixth, halfway through the sixth density in hell, because that's where hell is. Hell is actually the place that you're separated from the one, as far away from the one as you can be. And that's as far away from the one that you can be. So that's as far as she's gotten if, if she's claiming she's ascended. Because you can't ascend as in service to self past that point ever they don't have the power to change that the universe was created by the one true creator 
right? And and I say that because if I say the word God, some people don't understand that concept, and they and they 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 have the only conceptual ideology of a God is what's written in these dusty tomes of of some guy who looks like me, fat, old, white bearded guy sitting in a chair passing judgment. <laughs> Right. And that's what people's concept of a God is. It's very small. And that's the part that she talked about in the religions where they tried to give you this monotheistic ideology of a God and and gave you this fake fictitious character. Well, in a sense, yes, but our minds were not capable of understanding what our minds are capable of understanding now as a collective. If you go back to 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, people that think like myself, like Miguel, like Melissa, like Julie, like all of us in this crowd, we were one in a billion on this planet back then. There wasn't that many of us. And if then if we did start talking, people either thought we were crazy and they stoned us to death or they said we were prophets. We would be prophets in any other time than now. Now we're just an annoyance to be kicked off the internet because we disagree with their perspective and they have control of the internet so they can do that. That's the last bastions of what they have. And that's going to go away quickly. Midterms are coming in a year. Some of the voting is this year in October for some of these people. Okay. And they, when they say midterms, that's when a lot of them hit in the Congress, you know, the house and the, in the Senate halfway through the presidency. That's a midterm. Yeah, Galileo, everyone did. Look what Socrates, they made him kill himself. They made him drink, uh, what was it, wormwood? They made him drink poison and die because he didn't, because he said the earth was round. <laughs> right, Galileo, it, all, all these famous thinkers were persecuted throughout time. Think about that. Every single person who stands up and defies the, the establishment they go after, Jesus Christ. And I didn't say, they go after Jesus Christ. I meant Jesus Christ is a perfect example. Jesus, the way he spoke, was anti-establishment, and they had to get rid of him. Muhammad, how he spoke, was anti-establishment. They had to get rid of him. Moses, how he spoke, was anti-establishment. They had to get rid of him. This is just the figure, some of them, in the religious fervor of the big three. Okay? But other people, philosophers, that we know of. Copernicus, Galileo, Socrates, all of these people throughout time had the same problems. Unless they were alive in a society which was a little more modern. Some of these people that were alive, like Plato and Aristotle, they were alive in the, the era of the Roman Empire and the Greek empires where they were thinking empires. Even though they weren't exactly holy, the Greeks were very, they were all thinkers. They were very, very into And so were the Romans, right? And the Western civilization since then, during the Dark Ages, got away from that because they tried to force everybody to burn all the books and to make everybody stupid again. Then you had the Renaissance, which it was the opposite. And since the Renaissance, we're still sort of in that Renaissance uh, era to where knowledge and enlightenment has become the, the main thing, the main thing to be doing as a human. So our religious uh, fervor has changed to a more personal, which is what all of the, the prophets have been talking about for the last 5,000 years. Most of them killed for it. 
Look at all the people throughout history, you know, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Stephen Biko, all the, you know, and then, and then Mandela took over for Biko after they murdered him. I, those people were all killed, except for Mandela. Well, he was in jail for most of his life. They were all killed because of what? Anti-establishment. They were talking about freedom, free thinking, all the things that, that evil dictators hate and kill people and arrest people for. Okay. So the theme here is evil people put people in jail that disagree with them. Therefore, Errol and her little minion group that she has are evil people because that's what they do as well. Otherwise, they would be here to free us. When a good country shows up and finds a penal colony, they don't bypass it and leave you there. We'll come back later when the war is over. No. When we got to Germany and we found the, the concentration camps, what did we do? We freed the people in there, nursed them back to health. Why? Because we were a just nation that was fighting with just people. Now, it might have been the, the money behind things were still evil that did that, right? Yes. And that's there. There is in lies, Miguel. I'm going to put you up on the screen again. There in lies. Did I put the right one up? What did I just do here? My screen jumped. Yes. God gave us free will. The adversary wants to control us. That is exactly what is what is going on. God gave us free will, and that's what pisses them off, that they know that. So they have to imprison us somehow. Do you see? But we're still free. We're still free. We just have to realize that. And then... And then figure out, okay, it's another trip. It's another, you know, it's another uh, uh, panic room. It's another trick. What do we have to do to avoid these supposed uh, uh, traps that are out there so that we can then be free? And then what are you going to do? You're going to want to come back down here in some way and free the people here or get them to come follow. Right? So that's what's happening is what's happening is we're becoming conscious. They can't stop it. So they're still they're sending people down here trying to tell us, don't do what you're doing because that's wrong. You're just a slave labor race. And here, look, we have these scrolls that were found in the desert that say this this matchbook says you're lying. Right? These scrolls say you're a slave. So you have to you have to tell everybody you're a slave. The history channels ancient aliens. That's all they do in there is allude to the fact that we're a slave labor race created by aliens. And now you have these people who didn't believe that, who are going around uh, trying to enlighten people, and they've all decided that we're slaves. I don't know when it happened, but I've noticed that it happened pretty quickly in the last like year. And I don't talk to those people anymore. There's only a few that I do talk to still. And they still are, are preaching that. They all believe it now. So if they keep doing this, they're going to convince everybody, and then we're going to lose by proxy because then we're going to be slaves. Well, with, it, at this point, the truth is we are, right? We're either been here because someone created a penal colony. We're either here because uh, the, the rich and the elite locked this matrix down like a penal colony. Either way, and then we created this place to be this way. 
So we created this place to be this way. The third dimension, anywhere you go, is exactly like this. So I'm not buying their bullshit that only uh, in the third dimension that this place is a penal colony because it was designed to be that, and you guys are just stuck here, and there's nothing you can do about that, but this, that, that's not ordinary. But yet, that's the ordinary thing that we do in warfare here. Because we can't destroy the immortal soul, but they don't say that out loud, did she? So they have to make you forget who you are and put you somewhere to where you'll stay there. But again, the system is flawed in that reasoning because, again, let's go back to why would I design a system that's going to break down and change the DNA? Why did the DNA change? Is it because we decided to shorten our lifespan because we realized that we were caught somewhere and stuck and we were trying to get out faster and faster so that we could hopefully get away? And they didn't catch it and nobody's monitoring because no one's watching the prison because they would realize that the prisoners are starting to wake up. So that can't be true because no one's watching the fucking prison. There's nobody in charge of the prison because if there were, I wouldn't be able to say to you what I'm saying to you now. Would I? Unless all this is a lie. Manufactured. Right. And that's the doubt they try to put in your mind, the fear that they do. They do this here on the Internet, too. You can't look anything up without having an opposing view. Say that that's all bullshit. Doesn't matter what you look up. Jesus Christ, that's bullshit. There is no definitive proof that Jesus ever did anything. Right. So that's that's what they say about everything now. So there's so much disinformation and misinformation that propagates what we're supposed to be here for. We are supposed to be here for ourselves to choose a way of life. And we're also supposed to be here because you're not getting out of here and I'm not getting out of here until we realize that the key to getting out of here is ourself. You can leave anytime you want because there are no prisons. There are no locks on any doors. You're here because you either volunteered or you were brought here against your will and put into this place, which I don't believe is the way it was. Okay. So we all have free will and we are putting ourselves in this position on purpose because this is the way God designed this place to be. Evil people are trying to take advantage of that because that's what they do. Okay, it's not going to be any different if they lock down the entire planet. What are they going to do? It's going to be military control again, beating, killing, raping, pillaging and locking people in prison. It's not going to change. So there's so there's nothing to fear here. So if we're already in a prison because of who we are and what we did on the outside, and now the prisoners are acting like they're in charge and they're trying to lock the place down, what are they going to do to us? The same thing that's already been done to us. I'm going to lock you in a prison. I'm already in a prison. I'm going to mind wipe you. Done that. Got the book, the decoder ring, and the t-shirt. In fact, I got a pair of sunglasses too. That's how much I know about that. That's how much I've been mind mind wiped. So what are they going to do to you? I'm going to destroy your everlasting soul. Can't happen. So what exactly uh, is, the, is this, this rich elite group of people going to do to all of us if they gain total control over us? I can make you go, move your arm to the left, move your arm to the right, dance, boy, dance. Look, I can make you dance. Sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, dance, 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 sit down, stand up, play dead. 
That's all that is. Is that what they're trying to get to? Think about this. What exactly are you afraid of here on this planet? You're afraid that these fictitious people who think they're in control of a prison colony are going to put you in a prison? You're already in a prison. You can't be in any more of a prison than the prison that you're already in. Do you see? That's why none of what they're trying to do bothers me. Because it's no different than what the powers that should not be did already. And if you look at everyone who's talking about the universe outside of here, it's just like here, bub. No different. Okay? Therefore, they have to all be wrong. Because if they're right, they're living in a prison too. So is Errol. She just doesn't know it. Do you understand? Nothing is different in her reality than it is in our reality. The difference is her perspective. She believes she's not a prisoner, and we are. But her reality works exactly like ours. So she doesn't have freedom. We have freedom to come and go whenever we want. We're a voluntary army. Yeah, we got those here too. Yeah, we got those here too. Same thing. But some of the people that are in charge are evil. Yeah, ditto. So what's different? Well, I'm not a prisoner, and you are. Prove it. Prove you're not. You can't. Because <laughs> you're here now. Well, I'm not stuck here. I can leave whenever I want. Okay. That doesn't mean that you're not a prisoner. It just means your prison is a little bit bigger than mine. But it's still a prison. So I have no fear when someone says that. Oh, there's an invading force trying to, there's always an invading force trying to take us over. Whether it's from within, whether it's from your own countrymen, whether it's from another country, or whether it's from another universe. Wherever there is evil, there are conquerors. So you're in the same prison I'm in. Yours is just called something different because you live in a different place. But your arrogance makes you think you're not. I'm not in a prison. You guys are in a prison. I had to come down here in a doll body to talk to you low-life sons of bitches, maniac, crazy psychopaths. <laughs> I wouldn't live in this place if they wanted to give it to me. Because only the most evil psychopath perverts go here. The people that we don't agree with. The people that don't agree with our political party and our political persuasion. You know, the conquering race that's taking over and you will be obedient to us or we'll put you in a prison. I mean, we're completely different than you guys. <laughs> you guys aren't anything like us. You think you are, but that's totally made up. But yet then she describes her reality and it's exactly like ours. But I'm in a prison. She's not. I say Errol is in the same prison that we're all in. And that's the prison of life and the strife and experiences that we are supposed to have to ascend back to the one. And that doesn't change just because you're not on earth anymore. Okay? Doesn't change if you're stuck in a cell and you can't go out but one hour a day to walk in the yard. Right? Somebody's holding you there against your will, but they can't hold your soul there. Your soul is yours, and once you realize that and start using it, all of the rest of this physical and this physicality of the universe 
should should fade away unless you're ego driven, which means you're in service to self and you're evil. It all fades away because you don't need it. And you become peaceful. And what happens then? You start surrounding yourself with the same type of people. That happens here. That's the choice. You're a baby soul and you're to choose whether you're going to surround yourself with evil or with good. Once you make that decision on this planet, you've begun your ascension. Once you've chosen the path and you want that path, then everything changes for you. Because if you are in service to others, you have to start becoming less dependent on your ego and eventually let that fade away and you don't need it. On the other hand, if you are going to be evil, you have to be more reliant on the ego, feed the ego, and live in the egoic mind because that's what evil is, the egoic mind. So you choose which direction you're going to go here, and you do it. Unfortunately for all of us, we decided at some point that this was the way we were going to have it, where we were stuck with these evil people and have to deal with them because they serve us, right? And that's what people have a hard time understanding. They serve us. Why? Because they serve us the same way we serve them. We are the polar opposite of them. They just hate every bit about me wanting to pray to Jesus. Let me pray on that. Let me meditate on that. They don't want to fuck you. That's evil in their minds. That's why you literally greet them with the love and the light of the one true creator and watch them go, ah, get away from me with that, you cultist believing in ghost stories and deity figures. Those don't exist. I exist. I am power. I am in control. Your God is puny. Right? It's bullshit. All right. I'm going to go. I got a phone call incoming my brother. So um, I'm going to answer that and say goodnight to you guys. Namaste. I will see you next week. Have a good night.